Berg. What I start doing is I, like, make my bed in a way where it won't get unruffled unless I really do, like, you know, in the middle of my sleep, I'm, like, you know, MMA fighting or something. Mm -hmm. So that there's an easy, just a fake, you know, kind of pull a little back over to the one side, the cushions, the covers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then, boom, it's that quick, you know? And at least it's the illusion of a bed being made. You just flip it back up. And that has made me more productive every day. Aren't you going back into the bed that night? Yes. So what's the point? Seriously. It's uh nobody's in that room but me. Military men make their beds every day and they say yeah. that That's because they got some guy with a crew cut screaming at him. Yeah, but there's a reason. <laughs> well that I Discipline. hired a guy actually. It's it's counterproductive. For me. It's not counterproductive. It's superfluous. Why it's, do you hate our military's bed bedding tactics? It's anal. Why do you hate anal? It- <laughs> <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE morning show. It's 5 after 6 at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 65 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity by Comcast. I'm Val Porter. President Trump will be in North Carolina today to see the damage done by Hurricane Florence. Air Force One is to land at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, not far from New Bern. Ten-foot storm surges swamped parts of New Bern and other areas of eastern North Carolina as well as South Carolina. More than 300,000 homes and businesses across the state still had no power as of yesterday. Pittsburgh police say several people were struck by paintballs on Tuesday by a group of men driving around the city. Early Tuesday morning, a teenager was shot in the face at East Warrington and Beltsuver Avenues and was taken to a hospital. Minutes later, three vehicles were shot in the 200 block of Cedarhurst Street. And as the morning went on, a 60-year-old woman, a 13-year-old girl, and a 52-year-old woman were also hit. Police are looking for a blue car that had multiple men inside. Anyone with information is asked to call Zone 3 police. Those things are no joke. Oh, yeah, my they God, hurt. they hurt. They yeah, hurt. They, they yeah. sting pretty bad. They leave a welt. Certain antibacterial household cleaners could be contributing to childhood obesity. A new study out of Canada shows that when infants are exposed to certain products, there's a change in the child's gut bacteria that makes it harder for the baby to convert convert food to energy. Scientists at the Canadian Medical Association Journal report that kids digest foods differently depending on what sort of cleaning products are used in the house. They found in homes where eco-friendly cleaning products were used, the children were less likely to be obese than their antimicrobial exposed counterparts. Does your boss have any idea what you do all day? A new survey found that one in three workers feel their managers have absolutely no idea what they do every day. And one third of employees feel their hard work goes unnoticed and unappreciated. Some other findings from the survey, 41% think their boss wouldn't be able to do one day of work in their job. And 33% believe their boss is way overpaid for the work that they do. (laughs) I don't know what my boss does all day. <laughs> yeah. So why should Maybe he know what I do all day? Right. <laughs> uh, the ratings for the Emmys are in. They are not good. Only a little more than 10 million people turned into NBC uh, for Monday Night Ceremony, which is the smallest audience ever for the Emmys. The show's been criticized on social media with people calling it an elongated Saturday Night Live with Michael Che and Colin Jost as the, the hosts of the show. Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph did a recurring bit throughout the show that if you look up Fred and Maya, search it on Twitter, it is unbelievable. It's nearly 100% this is awful. 
they did a bit that I didn't see it. I just know it was getting panned. I'm like, well, how bad could it have been? So I typed in their name, and I just wanted mm-hmm. to see what like some of the critics might have been yeah. saying about it. Dude, I, 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 I've never seen anything that widely. Everybody agreed whatever they were doing was terrible, and I think they're both geniuses. Right. They're funny. They're funny as hell. So uh, th- that broadcast did not go over well. Also, I felt I like- I didn't know the Emmys even happened. I was yeah. just going to say, I felt like it was not very well promoted. I remember seeing it late last week and then totally forgot about it. Right. I think everybody was with you on that. <laughs> like, everybody forgot about it. Maybe nobody cares that much about award shows. I think people right now are a little Maybe leery of celebrities, me. too. I think people have had their fill of celebrities. Like, they made the big announcement, we're making all these changes to the Oscars broadcast. We're cutting it down to three hours. I know. <laughs> like, what? Gee, thanks. We're How only about- going to write books that are 1,100 pages from now on. <laughs> I think the Me Too thing has people pretty jaded about Hollywood. Sure. They think these people, if they're not out-and-out predators... They're hypocrites. Uh, they don't want to be liberals. Yeah, they don't want to be lectured politically on the other, you know, uh, end of the spectrum. So, which they hit quite a bit, even though they made jokes about it. You know, it was brought up in the you know the clips that I played yesterday. The Me Too stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It didn't seem like it was overly bashing the president. No, 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 no. Seems like they actually nobody said his name. I think. Yeah, I don't night. think so. But it but, was definitely a presence in the show also when the same shows are nominated and win all the time i mean game of thrones won a bunch you know no shocker there the amazing mrs Maisel or whatever nobody watches that show bless you because it's on val's allergic to even mention of it (laughs) it's on amazon prime i guess it's very good i i i just thought it was very niche and the other thing is and i didn't realize this but i it was pointed out in an article i read like 70% 70% of the shows that won were shows about show business. Who votes on the Emmys? Me. <laughs> Rick Seaback. Rick Seaback. <laughs> no. Francisco Cervelli. No. <laughs> Happy Emmy I think uh, SAG members, it, don't they? No. We, we, oh, we members of the television and... Uh, Foreign uh, press? A, no, uh, that's the Academy. Academy, whatever. I don't know who Emmy voters are. Don't ask me hard questions like that, Val. I have no idea. (laughs) Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band are set to launch their final tour after five decades on the road and uh, in the studio. The appropriately named Traveling Man, the final tour, will get underway November 21st in Grand Rapids and runs through May 2nd in Houston. Meanwhile, additional shows will be announced soon, including dates in Vegas, San Diego, and Vancouver, and hopefully Pittsburgh because there was no Pittsburgh date on that initial list. And let me tell you, that show is incredible. It you know every freaking song. Don't you feel like he got passed over or lumped in with the whole arena rock era and kind of was like forgotten because he stopped making music? Because to me, he I is Midwest Bob uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I don't. And maybe I'm wrong. I feel like he doesn't get the credit or attention he deserves because, like I said, he you go to see him and it's you know but every song. It's all hits. So when I call up Bob Seger in our archive, the song list of so and these are like you know it, we have a, a bank of songs that's basically just hits, and in that bank of songs, the Bob Seger and Silver Bullet Band catalog. 
goes forever. It's like Zeppelin, Beatles, Springsteen, Stones, Seeger. And I don't know who else even has nearly as many hits. <laughs> yeah, he's... Honestly, Val. Petty, it, maybe? Petty. DC. Petty. Yeah, both of those are good uh, choices. But Turn the Page... Like a Rock, Against the Wind, Travel Man, Beautiful Loser, The Fire Down Below, Rock and Roll Never Forgets, Main Street, Against the Wind, Her Strut, Hollywood Nights, Come to Papa, Still the Same. I I mean, You'll Accompany Me, Sunspot Baby, Feel Like a Number. Even in the 80s, I don't know when Roll Me Away, if that was 80s or like 1990. Uh I mean, he was still writing good songs then. Horizontal Bop. Trying to live my life without you, which was a That's remake, good one. But, but it's still still great. Betty Lou's getting out tonight. Come on, it's, I I hope he comes back. We've to got this tonight. Like right. right now, uh, I think Cleveland and Columbus are the closest. I'm gonna go see him again. Is that the concert where you were at and some old guy was burning jays the whole time? Yeah, he had a cigarette case full of joints. <laughs> and what I thought was a hooker, Tremendous. and then I, it was pointed out to me by that guy who was listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That it was his That wasn't a hooker. That was that was his uh I think it was his niece or something. Uh, I don't know. Seemed not a hooker though. I don't know. It was kinda Ozarky, you know. <laughs> it was a weird You're word. on it now. She's I'm, training I'm to be so a hooker. Into Ozark. You're watching Ozark, right, Bill? Yeah. Randy did uh, Randy finally got on board. I jumped in. It's awesome. I thought it was about fracking, but it's not. It's very good. And I found out over the weekend the the woman who plays Darlene Snell. Uh she's the the couple that has the poppy farm. Oh yeah. She's from Pittsburgh. Is she really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course she is. Absolutely. What was I even thinking? It's gotta I, be a Pittsburgh connection. I tried to dive down into that last night a little bit about that woman and her Pittsburgh connection, but there's I very, couldn't find much. There's very little. Yeah. It's just that she was born here. Yeah. It's word of um, mouth type stuff. Like you gotta <laughs> hit the streets. How you gotta far, know who to talk to. How far into season two are you? Two episodes. Oh you're yeah. You're oh, you're early. further than me. I haven't started the second season. Oh yeah. I'm, I, Joe finished it and I have one episode left. It's so good. How many episodes? Ten. Ten. It is a good show. It's so good. How, how does it? I was just gonna say, how does it not get Emmy? How does that not get an Emmy? What the hell? Well, did it for the first season? Because no, wasn't there a I, big break in between? Yeah, yeah, like a year. It probably got nominated two years ago. Uh, finally, Bob Seger and Ozark. That's all I want. <laughs> Actor Tom Arnold filed a police report over a confrontation with producer Mark Burnett. The report alleges Burnett committed battery on Arnold at a pre-Emmy Awards charity event in Century City, California. Arnold filed the report with the LAPD, but the agency said there have been no arrests in the matter. Tom says Burnett choked him during a scuffle, but Burnett's wife, Roma Downey, implied that she got a bruise in the scuffle when Tom attacked her husband, Mark Burnett, uh, this uh, as Tom Arnold debuted his TV show, The Hunt for the Trump Tapes, which I think was last night. Give yeah, on Viceland. Give me a break. He is supposedly searching for damaging tapes from Trump's years on The Apprentice, which was produced by Burnett. I saw him tweet that, and I thought it was a bit. Yeah, like, me too. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was real. Partly sunny, eighty for the high today. It's sixty-three at DVE. Uh, every time I hear the name Tom Arnold, I think of Craig Gas. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was supposed mm-hmm. to do the roast of Cheech and Chong, and I got bumped at the last minute for Wilmer Valderrama. Oh, oh. dude. Um, yeah, because I, I wasn't uh, a known comedian, right. and Wilmer Valderrama was uh, on that 70s show, which Tommy Chong was on, so it was more relevant. Right. And uh, Tom Arnold asked me, uh, he goes, I don't, I don't even know who he is. Like, who is Wilmer Valderrama? And I told him, I go, <laughs> um, he was on a TV show. Oh, you know what he's famous for? He's famous for having sex. With like apparently he's been with like Lindsay Lohan and uh, Britney Spears like yeah, every, everybody every, every starlet every starlet exactly and uh, and armed with that information literally five minutes later Tom Arnold's on stage and he goes uh, hey Wilbur Valderrama's here Wilbur hey uh, <laughs> hey buddy good to see you hey I, I don't know anything about you but I know that uh, apparently you've had sex with Lindsay Lohan well I guess it is possible to bang somebody's brains out. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, he was, he killed. And he is, there's always a guy at a roast that gets lured in and becomes the guy that everybody gets to slap around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they don't know. It was on the roast of Pam Anderson. It was Courtney Love. Courtney Love. T- oh, yeah, yeah, bad. Um, when I, beating. When, yeah, when I did the roast of Gene Simmons, it was Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, who, uh, yeah, Danny, he had. He was just sitting there like, people were going, Danny Bonaducci is here. Man, Danny, it is so weird to see your face without the letters TMZ underneath it. <laughs> and they were killing him. So Tom Arnold's getting destroyed. And he finally go, all right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your next uh, comedian, Mr. Tom Arnold. They said some other crappy comment about him, and he walked up and he said, all right. Uh, <laughs> hey, okay, fine. I've made some bad movies, all right? I'm sorry. <laughs> all right? And he seemed genuinely shaken up by it. And he goes, yeah. you know, a lot of people say to me, Tom, uh, why did you make a really crappy movie like Mikhail's Navy? Well, I did it for two reasons. Number one, I wanted to salute the men and women of our armed forces. And number, <laughs> and, uh, and, and number two... Have any of you bastards seen a check for $7 million? I have it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> DB Morning Show. Bob Seeger in a Silver Bullet band. Bill Crawford is back from his USO tour uh, where he was uh, over in, uh, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Are we allowed to say where you were? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was over in Amman, Jordan. All right. So we're not going to tell you where he was because it is <laughs> very secretive. I, You know what? I asked about that. I asked our tour manager because a lot of times, just for safety purposes, whenever you're traveling overseas, with the USO, they don't want you to say where you're going. Mm-hmm. But really, that was the first trip that we did. Mm-hmm. And the reason was because it was like the second, second ramp up in Iraq and Kuwait. Those are the first two countries we went to. And we were the first the first comedians or tour of right. USO back in. So that one was like highly restricted. This one, I was asking, like, can we tweet and stuff? And he was like, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, that's cool. So it was like because obviously Jordan is an ally and it's a pretty moderate country. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I wanted to go to LeBron, but <laughs> you know, you you go where they tell you to. They didn't make you perform in Pippin. Not quite as good of a country. <laughs> that's so cool that you get to do that. I'm it so really, jealous. It's 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 an amazing experience that I wish everybody could get to take part in. Aside from how cool it is that you're. Sub- you know, supporting our, our military who are stationed abroad. Uh, the fact that you're able to travel like that with Steve and, and uh, Steve Simone. Oh, yeah. And Mark Ellis, who's hilarious. I just uh, met him and he's a really good comic. Um, yeah, that is a, that's that's quite an opportunity, man. It's just so cool. That, and uh, we're all real proud of you for, for going over there. Your and doing third that. time. That's, that's great. The USO is such a top notch 
uh, organization that everything that they do is just the gold standard. They fly, like they sent a car service to and from my house. Mm-hmm. So I got like basically like a limo to the airport. Nice. They fly you business class, which is, you know, on an international flight, that's, that's, that's lifesaver. Everything. Yeah. You know, with the chairs that turn into the beds and you have your own little cubicle and it's just free beers and everything the whole trip. Free beers. <laughs> USO's great. Free, free beers. And then, you you know, you get access to all the business lounges. And then when you, they put you up in a hotel, they put us up in this hotel in Amman, Jordan, that was unbelievable. We stayed on a base one night, you know, um, because after a certain hour, they're not allowed to drive. So we stayed in a tent one night. But, you know. It's just the accommodations. Are just, they treat you like a diplomat. That's awesome. It's amazing. Maybe we should do a broadcast at the 9-11th airlift wagon moon since we can't go overseas. Well, why can't we go overseas? Like, we should try know. to figure that out because the, there's plenty of DVE listeners over there. Really? Oh, yeah. I met Yenzers all weekend. <laughs> it was amazing. People were coming Yenzers up. in Jordan? Yeah. People were coming up to me Yenzers wearing Permani Bros t-shirts. And- oh, we could take, we should take some Steelers with us. Uh, I, I bet saying. we can get Alejandro Villanueva on board. All right, look, let's take we we'll get more we'll get into this a little bit more uh, later on, and uh, we got a lot to talk about today as the drama continues. Merrill oh Hodge will be God. joining us. Big Cat from Pardon My Take Podcast, Barstool Sports, will be on the show later on this morning. Mark Madden will be joining us as well. We'll have the Tomlin translator, Mike Persuda, next. DVE. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Persuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, and Coach Tomlin speaking with the media yesterday. Lot to talk about. Sports this hour brought to you by Hovis Auto and Truck Supply. The Antonio Brown meltdown has reached critical mass. <laughs> it's oh, the, there, man. Were, there were indications during OTAs that something wasn't right with Antonio Brown. There were more indications in training camp. There have been more since the start of the regular season. And yesterday, Mike Tomlin confirming uh, during his weekly gathering with the media that uh, Antonio Brown was not at the Steelers' facility for required team activities on Monday? He was not. No, I'm looking forward to visiting with him today and discussing that and some other things. I'm not going to get into the details of why he wasn't here or what he, whether he was excused and all of those things. Um, I just assume leave those things in-house. Um, I understand sometimes you got some negativity. You know, we lost a football game. Uh, there were some negative exchanges on the sideline. There's frustration associated with not playing well and not winning. Um, I understand all that. Is opportunities for us to respond to it, particularly the early portions of the year, uh, to utilize negative experiences and things that occur to educate our team uh, at this point in the journey so that it becomes a non-factor as we move forward. Um, that's generally the approach that we take in non-football related things such as social media decorum and et cetera. Uh, so hopefully that'll be the last time I'll be discussing things such as that in this setting. <laughs> Yikes. That's a good one. So the question now, uh, and uh, assuming that uh, that meeting took place, we might get some resolution today, at least uh, some temporary resolution as it relates to Monday night game, Monday night's game at Tampa. Th- this is a guy who they know they need to be one of the best to succeed, and he has often been that on the field. No doubt. Do you suspend him going into Tampa, a game which, oh, by the way, looks very much like it's going to be a repeat of Kansas City. The Buccaneers are going to score points. Yeah. yeah. So you're not going to beat these guys 17-13. Do you try, uh, and the most often uh, referenced cliche I've heard is, uh, do you try to get the toothpaste back in the tube with Antonio Brown, or can you work, figure out a way 
to get him to be more on board with everybody else and still have him on the field Monday night helping you try to win a game. Mike, I'll use the same analogy I used yesterday. No, no, no. Don't shoot, Mongo. You'll only make him angry. Yeah. Would suspending him tank him for the rest of the year? It might. Or at least a long enough portion of it that you scuttle your own season? It might. And with no levy on Bell, you don't have that room right now. Yeah. Absolutely not. I don't know what the what the right course is. That's I, not condoning what he's done, and yeah. I wish you could suspend him. And I, like every other uh, Steeler fan, wishes there was a way to make him pay for his selfishness, for his uh, you know childishness, me, yeah. for his narcissism, the petulance for, that is yeah. perpetually on display for his immaturity. But you can't because you don't have Lev Bell. You can't go down A B and Lev Bell. See, I got to suspend him. I'm not losing my whole team for two guys. I, even if I have to, you take, ready, ready to lose a lot of games? Sure. I okay. mean, how how do I know we're going to win a bunch of games with these guys? We haven't won a well, game with with AB yet. This I year. think you can assume you got a hell of a lot better chance winning with Antonio Brown right. than without Antonio. Okay, Brown. but I mean, is it worth losing the whole team? Okay. Well, no, I I, I appreciate your point. Just if they're Four eleven and one late in the year. Is everybody then going to be calling for Mike Tomlin's head? Probably, but this is so, what happens when it gets this out of hand. Well, this is where they are. It's uh, it's a slippery slope, and then some. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Can't, can't the team leaders? I mean, I guess my I answered my own question. Yes, they could. Will they pull him aside and say, "Hey, man, you got to get it together"? Well, that's what we talked with Cam Hayward about yesterday, right? And that's where I was going next. Uh, ben Roethlisberger said on his show that his radio show, he was going to talk to Antonio Brown. This was before... I was going to say it's more pressing now. Before the... Well, but... After he didn't go to practice. But these guys talked yesterday. They knew he wasn't at practice Monday. Well, yeah, you're okay. right. Okay. It, it wasn't public yet, but they knew. I would assume they knew. How would they not, right? They were there, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger uh, said he intended to talk to Antonio Brown. Ramon Foster uh, on a radio show said that Marquise Pouncey intended to talk to Antonio Brown. And right here on DVE... Cam Hayward said that uh, somebody was going to definitely talk to Antonio Brown. He's always his own man, um, but you know that doesn't mean you can't talk to anybody or uh, you know be there for them. Um, you know, sometimes you just need someone to listen. Um, you know, and that's what being a leader is—not always telling someone what to do, but listening um, and voicing frustrations, opinions, uh, and then coming to a common ground where we can build forward and move on. Um, you know, just because we were lost this week doesn't mean it's going to be indicative of next week or the weeks after. So um, that, that's what we have to, you know, talk to him about. Um, we'll talk to him in-house. Uh, it might be me, it might be Ben, um, it could be Coach Tomlin, um, but, you know, it'll be a plethora of guys that he can talk to uh, just to let them know that home is here uh, and we want to win here. Again, that's Cam yesterday on his weekly appearance with us here on the morning show, presumably well aware that Antonio Brown was not at practice the day before. I should say not at team activities. Uh, it wasn't a practice. It's video review and meetings and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Um, that is a uh, – I don't think conciliatory is the right word, but uh, Cam wasn't foaming at the mouth there. He sounded compassionate, and uh, we got to talk it out. We got to get this right. We, he he didn't seem enraged uh, that that Antonio Brown is where he is relative to the team right now. He sounded like a guy who gen, genuinely wanted to fix it. 
Well, maybe they know something more is going on than him just being maybe pissed off because he's it not getting It seems like something more is going on, for, dating back for, to the offseason. Yeah. yeah. OTAs was the, the major red flag, that, that meltdown, and mm-hmm. am, am I really free, and too many Google alerts, <laughs> which sounds kind of silly now, but he was uh, in a real weird place then, and he hasn't uh, been anywhere else since. Uh, Cam Hayward talking about being there for him and just giving him somebody to, to, that will listen to him. Uh, these are not the the words that I would normally associate with a teammate who thinks a guy has crossed the line and needs to be severely disciplined. And that's really why you do this, right? If you're going to suspend him, it, it's for the rest of the team, right? Does, right, does Mike yeah. Tomlin go to the leadership and say, what do you want me to do with this guy? You know we need him, but we can't keep going on like this. Does he take what they want to do into account? Mm. I don't know. It's fascinating. But they're, I, they're gonna I, I don't think you can do anything. I really don't. Uh, I think everybody wants to. This is a. What cut. if you sit him down for a quarter? Maybe Cutting off your nose to spite your face. Maybe that's the middle ground. Does that get his attention, but he can still help you win Monday night? Sounds like a college football penalty assessed. Well, For college programs do that a lot when their star player gets yeah. busted. He's going to sit out the first half versus Georgia. He's demonstrating college-like behavior. He's yeah. going to sit yeah. out the first series against Alcorn State. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, see, we got discipline. Tampa when, ain't Alcorn, though. Uh, no. Uh, by the way, I think they're legit offensively. Yeah, I, me too. I, I had my doubts just because I've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick play before, but I watched their game with Philly yesterday mm-hmm. and Wow, are they legit passing. They can't run the ball worth a damn, but uh, they got all kind of targets and options. Uh, this is going to be uh, fascinating, and then some to see how this plays out. We'll have more on that coming up next hour. Val's got news top of this hour. Are Bert and Ernie gay? Mm. We'll talk about that coming up. Are Big Cat and PFT commenter gay? <laughs> Not anything that I've ever wondered. <laughs> Half of that dynamic duo on the show today. They're pardon, just friends. Can't they just be friends? Pardon my take. Barstool Sports uh, host Big Cat on the show, 915 today. Merrill Hodge, 745. Mark Madden, also the Tomlin translator on the way for you. <laughs> it is the DV Morning Show. That's a phrase I didn't think I was going to hear. <laughs> What's that? Squashing. Squashing. That's a thing. That is a thing. And what, can you say what it is? Yeah. yeah. What is it's it? It's guys get turned on by really big women just kind of belly flopping on them. Yeah. Never heard of that. You have to. Do a belly smacker on me. If I knew the phrase squashing, you would hear me say it a lot more often. Well, well I hope that means that this is, this <laughs> is going to start your referencing. This is a promise. I just Googled squashing, and the first thing that came up, new sexual fetish. Squashing? We've got video. <laughs> it's always like little guys. Like, it's little skinny guys like to get sat on. Well, and, yeah, because who's going to squash the rock? Right. You, you'd have to be a pretty big girl. That would be so unfortunate if somebody like the rock needed to be squashed. Oh. It would have to be like Mama from... Uh, Mama June? Yeah. <laughs> if a person farts. Um, by the way, yeah, we had a story about that the person farts thing while you were gone. The, if you don't fart, yeah, biology dictates that fart is coming out of your body. Oh, the humanity. Oh, you guys are looking at squashing <laughs> photos? Val called it up. I did not. See, now this is unlike Val. I feel like Val's... They're they're not naked. Oh no, no, they have clothes on. But they're still like a. Uh, 
it, it's sexual component to it. Mm-hmm. That's very weird. Uh, there's a lot of weird people out there. Oh, I know. So, anyways, farts come out of your mouth if you don't fart. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's how the biology works. It That's actually a, it reroutes it. It reroutes it, and it comes out of your mouth, and then you get bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> That's just biology. We talked about it last week. It's it's true. That's not an exit. No, I, that's how it comes out of your body. So sometimes if you have bad breath, it might be because you've been holding in your, your flatulence. Let it. Let it rip. Let it go. Let yeah, it go. Yeah, that's right. So let it go. <laughs> I bet you that's a sexual fetish too. Letting it go? Yeah. There, yeah, no, there's oh, a fart somebody. Sure. There is a fart fetish. I just yeah. read about oh it the God. other day. Vice, uh, Vice.com had something on it, and they posted about it, and it was like this funny picture of this girl like, you know, farting basically and a, and a guy's like you know thumbs up wait there is another one that's just like this girl sitting on cakes like oh, she makes yeah. a cake and then she sits on it yeah and that's she has like hundreds of thousands of followers what is wrong with people louis ck made a movie one of his first like weird little movies that were like you know independent like 10 minute short things and it was about a guy who like he sat in ice cream <laughs> As a, as a sexual yeah. fetish. and he'd like cry and sit in the ice cream and get off on it. He'd cry. But now it makes me, now that it's Louis C.K., you're like, he probably sat in ice cream. Was that you, Louis? Louis, Was were that you? character you? That's what I used to hit him all the time. <laughs> Anyways, so there's so much weirdness going on in the world right now. Would anything surprise you? Squashers, flatulent uh, uh, fetishists. You know what really mm-hmm. stunned me is if Antonio Brown came out and just worked hard and kept his mouth shut and... Played for the team a little more. I'm I not, can't even imagine that. Maybe we I, should get him squashed. I don't. <laughs> booming. Have, Maybe that's what he means by booming. <laughs> just have Jay Wobble <laughs> climb up onto a ladder. <laughs> McCullers. Yeah, McCullers is the big uh, Easter Island. At least he'd hit somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there has ever been one, much less two, superstars on a team that has drawn the ire of their fan base and become basically the villains of their own fan base, quite the way Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown have. Has any other player in any sport been this important to their team's success and also reviled by their fan base? It's a really interesting question. I don't have to think about that. Because none come to mind. Sure, there are those guys who, you know, people get pissed at once in a while. We got two of them on this team. Two. I don't know if A.B. is reviled. Uh, He does have his defenders. Le'Veon is getting fat on a jet ski in Miami right now, putting out, uh, you know, EPs, and and Mm -hmm. he, like, the fan base definitely hates him. Did you guys see the pictures of Le'Veon on the jet skis in the boat? Mm -hmm. I I did not. He looks Uh, like Deuce Staley. I don't recall anything coming up with him when he's signed and playing. Who, Le'Veon? Yeah. Other than the pot When stuff. he gets ex- suspended, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Which, by the way, I, on my uh, USO tour, I met the cop who pulled him over no. in Ross Township. Swear to God. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's in the military. That's awesome. <laughs> he's like, I pulled Le'Veon over. Uh, I'm like, well, could you get back there and go yeah. pick him up in Miami? <laughs> Pull Extradite him to Pittsburgh. He's on a yacht partying with all of these like 
super scantily clad women. It was like a rap video. Yeah, Solo Cups. He's he's celebrating the release of his EP. He dropped a single, I heard. Uh, in That's EP. not like him. He usually doesn't drop anything. So there... <laughs> yeah, it sounds more like... Never mind. Uh, Lev has been spending his time off down in Miami, and he's just relaxing. Yeah. I mean, what do people think he's going to be doing during this time? I don't know. Maybe spending some time with his kids. <laughs> or working probably out. Not, probably not going to get dad of the year this Getting year. Getting in football shape. Again. How many kids does he have? A lot. Lev does? Yeah. He has a couple. Yeah. <laughs> same exact well, age. A couple's not couple, a lot. same exact age. And, uh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Remember twins? that? He has at least three or four. Oh. <laughs> he has at least three or four kids. Okay. And he's 26? In different... Well, it looks like he does drop something once in a while. <laughs> he's like Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean, I, I think the more these videos keep popping out, it's just the worse it looks. Will he get booed when he comes oh back? Oh my no question. God, yes. The team was booed roundly in the first half <laughs> this past Sunday. By the way, one of the biggest exoduses I've seen from a game while they were still in it in a yeah, long time. Lot there was a lot seats. of football left. In the, it was like third quarter and they yeah. were still going tit for tat at that point they, you know they had yet it was to a pull one out. score game yeah and it now granted it was pretty hot on that one side of the stadium on the uh, east side of the, the side stadium the tv was showing probably because <laughs> that's where all the empty seats were. i mean yeah the, no the a lot of people there I, I didn't see the game because i was traveling but mm. it looked like from the highlights i was like where where is everybody Brutal. I was like that whenever the Chiefs threw the ball. All right, we've got more with. Uh, <laughs> There's Kelsey. Where the hell, what, shouldn't there be why a defender wide open? Merrill Hodge next hour. Big Cat from Part of oh, My Take Bostic. and Barstool Sports and Mark Madden later on this morning. Val's next. <laughs> Are Bert and Ernie gay? Uh oh. The Muppet sexual uh, orientation talk. They're puppets. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they don't have junk. Mm. <laughs> Maybe they do. How do you know? Have you ever seen Bert and Ernie with no pants on? I haven't. And I want to make that clear. <laughs> Kermit and Miss Piggy got married. A big nerfy wiener. <laughs> Bill Crawford is back from his USO tour uh, where he was uh, over in, uh, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Are we allowed to say where you were? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was over in Amman, Jordan. All right. So we're not going to tell you where he was because it is. <laughs> Very secretive. So it was like because obviously Jordan is an ally and it's a pretty moderate country. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to go to LeBron, but <laughs> you know, you, you go where they tell you to. They didn't make you perform in Pippin. Not quite <laughs> as good of a country. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. All right. Uh, it's getting worse and worse, Steeler fans. It seems like the last hour things already got worse. What, what happened? <clears throat> just because we keep We learning. just woke up. It's so early. We keep learning more. So did you guys know Le'Veon Bell, aside from being down in Miami and celebrating his uh, EP release, which looks terrible. I, even the party looked pretty lame to me. Sure. Uh, personally. Great football player. Terrible, terrible rapper. Uh, actually, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not fit to make that judgment. I don't. Know I am. Why. It's terrible. Okay, thanks. He uh, he was on a boat partying with you know scantily clad girls. And, Very nice. Yeah, doing what you know yeah. Lev does. He's down in Miami, and then uh, there was video of him uh, at the actual EP release where there seemed to be uh, some 
flames i don't know like sparklers or something and there were people who were working at the club it looked like they were holding up block letters that spelled out levion uh and then he liked three instagram posts that were basically celebrating the chiefs victory over the steelers oh now oh. that's going on at no. the same time yeah so his brothers in the locker room that he talked about these this are my, is bad. Yeah, this is. They're not going to like hearing about any of that. And then the Antonio Brown saga continuing with us learning yesterday that he didn't show up for work on Monday, unexcused, just didn't show. Though his agent says it was a family matter. Mm. All right, AB is spiraling. Lev Bell is celebrating the the Steelers' woes early on. Lev Bell looked kind of fat. And we have to play uh, Monday night against another prolific offense while our defense is in tatters. Good times. So nothing much happened while I was gone. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. My goal, if we can play the Ravens in week four, and it'll be a Sunday night game, which are traditionally tough to get packed houses for. That's a... I'm telling it's you. It's a late night. It's a late a night. night. It's an 8.30 On a school night. Roughly. Even though it's the Ravens, those are those are tough ones that keep people's butts in the seats, particularly in the second half. If we can get it to the point where Steeler fans are going to stick around and watch what's going on, I'll be happy at this point. For a 1 o'clock game. Because they didn't this past Sunday. Yeah. Forget 8.30 games. There were not a lot of people in the seats Sunday. Did that... Did that Kansas City game at the beginning feel like echoes of the the playoff game versus Jacksonville, where it was just out of hand right away? Like it was twenty one nothing, yeah, in the blink of an eye. Yeah, Bill was uh, in Jordan on a uh, USO tour, entertaining the troops. So you didn't get to see the game. I didn't, but you learned about it very. And, and uh, it is as it was as bad as it sounded with you just hearing the scores. I, you know how uh, whoever. Um, uh, is associated with the team will send out sort of like the box scores just detailing quarter by quarter play by play i read the game in paris <laughs> and i've i haven't been that furious since read you know when reading something since i don't know when high school an angry Steeler fan in paris <laughs> it was like oh my god three and out three and out three and out the drama touchdown, continues. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Merrill Hodge, 745, Big Cat from Pardon My Take, Barstool Sports at 915. Mark Madden, the Tomlin translator for you, and Val's got news now. What's up? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 65 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayhall.com. Health officials say they have again found rabid raccoons in Allegheny County. The two were found recently on Duffield Street in the city and Racine Street in Mount Lebanon. In 2018, there have been 19 confirmed cases of rabbit animals in Allegheny County. They say if you see an animal acting strangely or becoming threatening, officials ask you to call police or the game commission. We got to take this in our own hands. We got to get a coalition of forces from Mount Lebanon, Upper St. Clair, and Bethel Park. And we've got to put together a, a SEAL team. Together, they are known as the Raccoon Patrol. <laughs> we got to kill these raccoons. The rabbit raccoon patrol. They've got to be put down. They're scary. Maybe that's what AB was doing on Monday. <laughs> yeah, maybe he has rabies. I have rabies. Boom in. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that was AB's mouth. <laughs> foaming at the mouth. <laughs> foaming. <laughs> Hashtag foaming. He gets a touchdown and just knocks over a trash can. <laughs> That's his end zone celebration. <laughs> oh, we're in trouble. Our team has rabies. <laughs> Heinz is now introducing mayo chip. I'm not okay with this. No. It's a combination. No. No. It's no. a combination of mayonnaise and ketchup. Huh? It'll be available on Amazon and Walmart very soon. Heinz claims mayo chip, it just has a bad name. Yeah, no. I, don't, I don't like it. Offers the perfect balance of both ketchup and mayonnaise so you don't have to mix it up on your own. Ketchup That's even worse. Actually, that I like that better. It flows better. Ketchup Yeah. Well, it sounds like so a cold a- medicine, though. Something you put in your kitchen to make it easier to now do something <laughs> in your kitchen. I don't have rabies. Don't listen to me. Shit! <laughs> but you know what? I, I accidentally discovered is good. Huh? Ranch mixed with barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah. I discovered that by accident. How was it, what was the accident, Val? I was at a. I was, was at this a, a chocolate kids- and your peanut butter kind of thing. Yes, a little bit. Oh. <laughs> I was at a kid's birthday party, mm-hmm. and they, not that I wouldn't eat chicken nuggets on my own anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had ranch and barbecue, and I had it next to each other, and they kind of got all mixed together. I'm like, this is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, because I've had barbecue wings, and I've dipped it in ranch. And See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's but good stuff. When you get a Big Mac, isn't there like mayo and ketchup mixed there? Isn't that part Two of what- all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, Isn't the special onions? sauce mayo and isn't ketchup? Isn't it Thousand Island dressing? Oh, yeah. Well, isn't Thousand Island dressing, mayo, ish. and ketchup? It's ish. Yeah, it's not like 100%, right? No idea. None at all. So I don't think it's going to... Dig into your mayo chup. It doesn't say it's a mayo limited chup. time, but it, maybe it is. You know, do that on your own. Get a mayonnaise <laughs> right. packet. Get a ketchup packet. <laughs> we're, we're that Have lazy. at it. Uh, Here's more proof meetings are a waste of time. A new study found the average employee wastes 13 working days a year in unproductive meetings. The study found the typical employee spends 187 hours, roughly 23 days a year year in meetings. Uh, According to employees, 56% of those meetings are a waste of time. Totally. Val hates our meetings. Val only does these stories to just illustrate (laughs) how much she hates our meetings. This is Val making fun of. Hate. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Unproductive meetings. You, which are our meetings. I don't mind meetings as long as we get down to business. In Val's defense, she already heard me and you be dumbasses for four hours, (laughs) and then when we go into a meeting and keep doing the same thing, it's overtime, baby. Dumbass overtime. Enough. Of our shtick. Plus, usually one of the four of us is zoning out, so people are just like derailing conversations yes. by themselves in corners, and it's like, next, what's next on the agenda? Let's go. I think our meetings are very productive. They're bonding. I like our meetings because you I'd know us being lunch. clowns in the meeting is proof. That even if these microphones weren't here, we'd still be Jaguars. <laughs> we'd still be idiots. Sixty-six <laughs> percent of respondents admitted they make excuses, even calling in sick to avoid meetings. That maybe that's what AB was doing on Monday. We still want to have that, meetings. Maybe because that's it's meeting too day, unproductive. 
And I had rabies. <laughs> <laughs> a Kentucky woman literally spilled her guts when police tried to handcuff her on charges of dodging arrest on an outstanding warrant by pooping all over the officer. Oh, How okay. is this? This happens once a week. I don't know how you do it on demand. To the same cop. No. This one, uh, I don't this know is if my you destiny. can... I don't know that you can describe how this went I'm down. I'm going to try to dance around because it. Because it do. is... Graphic. And impressive and unusual. Yes. Well, I'm not even I'm mad. She, now I'm intrigued. She took aim. <laughs> she took aim? She launched... What? It, she she got herself in a position. Okay, are we talking for maximum facing dog? Uh, not quite. Uh, it was more like a uh, I don't know sumo wrestler, eh. fighting stance. Amanda Peters was charged with assault after she resisted arrest by locking herself in a bathroom. She somehow wriggled out of her pants, and she uh, did like an armadillo tuck. <laughs> And okay, like, I don't know what that is. You ever seen an armadillo like do yeah. a flip into its own shell? Okay. Okay. She did that while she was on a toilet, right? Yes. And but flipped S- upside down. Standing, I think. <laughs> okay. So she got I like don't know in. What drugs uh, this she, girl she was, was like in birthing mode, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody saw you point at Bill, but me. <laughs> I should say yes. In the stirrups. I'm going, yeah, Bill, that's it. Yeah, like we're playing charades. Okay, two parts. And it was... How does this work? A coverall situation. Wow. So, total yard sale. (laughs) The 26-year-old sent the officer to the hospital to test for any communicable diseases uh, she's been charged with identity theft for giving the deputy a fake ID before uh, <laughs> also assaulting the officer. I'm spider butt. <laughs> like, damn it, I wish I had my riot gear on. <laughs> Be the good, good time for yeah, it. Yeah, now they have to wear hazmat suits <laughs> and the Kevlar. Those full face shields, yeah. like, like welder shields. <laughs> the organization behind Sesame Street says Bird and Ernie are nothing more than good friends, despite what one of their writers told a gay news site. Writer Mark Saltzman wrote for Sesame Street for 15 years from 1984 to 1998 and told Queerty that Bert and Ernie were based on his own same-sex relationship. He identified what? with them. Okay. Sesame Workshop tweeted, Bert and Ernie were created to teach kids they can be good friends with people who are very different from themselves. It adds that though Bert and Ernie are identified as male characters, they don't have a sexual orientation. Okay, but as has been pointed out, they do because Miss Piggy lusted after Kermit forever. They got married. So unless that was a sexless marriage. It was because they don't have junk. Same sex marriage. Um, You know, I mean, they were dating out of their species. Someone had a good line on Twitter saying if Bert was really gay, he would have done something about his unibrow. <laughs> yeah, cleared that up. Um, that Get makes that sense. Wax. I don't know why. And Joe, if you can find this, can you post it? My favorite. I'd always sticks in my mind to this day when Ernie Bert- takes Bert's nose off and puts it on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's. I remember did, that. Did he peg him with it afterwards? That was so that gay. Be, yeah, that was <laughs> super gay. I never thought they were gay, but this does kind of go along with the first experience that I had meeting 
a gay friend of my parents because he used to always come over with his quote unquote friend. Uh, what did he so play? I got Bert your nose or something? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's like just friends. Like it was always like, oh, he's coming over for with Christmas. With his friend. With his friend. Wow, they must be really good friends. Just like Bert and Ernie. Yeah. So the the writer, first of all, I think it's funny that you used to, you characterize it as a gay news site. Like it, like because that's just I, another thing. Trump will be like, that's fake news. That's gay news. <laughs> that's bi news. But trans he, news. What he was trying to say apparently is that he based the dynamic of Bert and Ernie on his own relationship. On, on his own relationship. Yes, he identified with the them. way they related to each other. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that they had a. Uh, a sexual Gay. attraction to one another. And then Sesame Street kind of flipped out about it and said, you know, puppets don't have sexual orientations. They're just puppets. But, yeah, as you pointed out, Miss Piggy and Kermit got married. But do we knew Ker- know Kermit is a male? Yes. Okay. Because uh, some frogs have both, right? I don't know. I mean, he might be non-binary. He might be. He might be. He was a hermaphrodite. I don't know. All I know is... Hermaphrodite. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they may not be gay. Oscar likes it in the can, though, right? He stays... (laughs) Actress Kristen Bell confessed to smoking pot right in front of her husband, Dax Shepard, who was clean and sober for 14 years. She told Mark Maron on his podcast, quote, I smoke around my husband. Doesn't seem to bother him. Weed rules. Once a week, if I'm exhausted and we're going to sit down and watch TV, why not? End quote. Dax Shepard has encouraged Kristen to have an overnight ecstasy party. He says you shouldn't leave Earth without having tried mushrooms or ecstasy. And so it's done in a safe manner. He wants to be the party's sober guide. Yeah, they, I heard that podcast. They wanted to go and bring all their friends together and get like a trusted babysitter and just watch everybody roll all night. But I'm not sure uh, there's much about this story. Of this. She sounds so innocent. and I, I don't think she'll ever do it. And the fact that she says she takes one little hit off her vape pen once a week to watch 60 Minutes doesn't make me think that she's like some huge pothead. You know who I thought I was gay as a puppet? Who? Elmo. Elmo? He always wants to be tickled. That, well, that is true. What did, yeah, but does, he, he, he'd take the tickling from anybody, though. It's not you didn't like... think Big Bird was gay? Um, yeah. He was, you think he was into Snuffle Up, I guess? Mm. I think Snubbleupagus was like... I'm just saying. He was like the first... addict? No, I thought... (laughs) He was like a heroin out... Heroin out... uh, One of those huge elephants, Mastodon. Is that what those things are? No, that's a shark. Woolly Mammoth, that's it. Um, He also seemed to me like he was goth. Who? Snuffleupagus? Yeah, like every goth dude I knew in high school was kind of... Down. The same kind of mentality. Nothing matters. Hey, Bert. <laughs> if you got Snuffleupagus and Eeyore together, they would just listen to oh. the Smiths and drink coffee. And I'd like to see the two of them do ecstasy together. <laughs> In the street is wonderful, Bert. <laughs> and David Crosby knows a thing or two about marijuana, so it should come as no surprise he's looking to license his name for a brand of weed. He says, first of all, because it's fun getting high. It's fun. People who get high are fun, and marijuana is fun, and I like to have fun in my life. Which, by the way, you would never know from his Twitter account. Yeah, he seems like he's... The most miserable person on earth. 
But he's always kind of been that way. There's a documentary on Amazon Prime about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. It's like three hours long. It's one of those BBC ones. Mm -hmm. But they, I, I didn't know he pissed off the birds at Monterey by sitting in with Stephen Stills' band at Buffalo Springfield at the time. Mm -hmm. And then he starts just like getting on the mic and he's going, I want to remind everybody that the president was killed by the CIA. <laughs> there was there was four shooters and all this stuff. And I was, I'm like, how is this not more prominently no. referenced? No, right. You know, like at the Monterey Pop Festival, David Crosby is on stage screaming that Kennedy was killed Conspiracy by the CIA. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make me want to get high with him. <laughs> He said, I like it for music. I like it for sex. Ew. I like it for going to the museum. I like it for a whole lot of reasons. I approve, so I have no problem trying to aid some company in selling marijuana products to the world. I believe marijuana should be legal everywhere, and I want to reinforce that to the degree, the degree that I can. As for what will differentiate his brand from others, he says, not to take any uh, anything away from my celebrity friends with their names on marijuana products, but I've been a serious cannabis connoisseur for about 60 years. Also, smoked so much crack that they had to rent a private jet so that he could smoke crack all the way to rehab one time. And didn't they uh, have to buy back a car that he sold to his crack dealer? Something like that. Oh, yeah. No, they, yeah, he stole the, the pink slips after the dealer died. Graham Nash told that oh, story yeah. on the show. Yeah, Graham Nash, was, they were fighting at the time. That was a fun interview. All right, we, we do have to take a break, and we're going to come back. Mike Pursuta, I mean, the A-B situation right now seems to be taking center stage. The Steelers prob have uh, many problems, though, and they are great. Merrill Hodge coming up at 745, the Tomlin Translator, and more on what went down yesterday at the press conference with Mike Pursuta next. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta here with your sports coach. Tomlin speaking yesterday. There is a lot to talk about, Mike. The A-B situation seems to be the most uh, salacious, but maybe not the biggest of the Steelers' problems. Oh, they got a lot of problems as they get ready for Tampa on Monday night. Sports this hour brought to you by Blackish on My 22. Mike Tomlin confirmed yesterday that Antonio Brown was not uh, at work on Monday, didn't show up for team activities, and because of that, Tomlin said he intended to have a talk with Antonio Brown yesterday. Again, I'm going to visit with, with Antonio, um, and I tend to do so today. I just haven't done it yet. Um, you know, I may or may not provide details relative to some of the things that you guys are asking. I just want to stay focused on what's real and what's important, our preparation, and ultimately our play this week, and um, not only ours collectively, but his included. Again, this is about not showing up on Monday. It's not about tweets. It's not about sideline decorum or uh, yelling at coaches. Uh, has Antonio Brown crossed a line? That's what the Steelers have to figure out. And uh, whatever they determine, they have to then decide what to do about it. It's not a it's not a black and white, cut and dried layup type of call, at least not from where I'm sitting, because you need this guy to win. Well, if players miss, miss any kind of practice or meetings that are mandatory, that's a fine at the very minimum, right? You would think. I think you can send a message to your team without spending or suspending him by giving him a fine, by maybe talking to the team in a manner that addresses A-B, but says it more like, we all have to be more cognizant of, and then talk about all the dumb stuff that A-B does. Should they uh, make him uh, pull his pants down and carry a football over his head and suck his thumb while everybody else is jogging? 
I don't think he has to go that far. Go, go a little full metal jacket. It's crazy to me, though, Mike. We talked a little earlier about it. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are basically pretty pretty uh, uh, despised by the Steeler fan base right now. Two of their stars. A.B. certainly has his backers, and so does Lev. There are a small contingent of Steeler fans who will defend them at any cost, and they can do no wrong. Benzie wrote an article in the Trib a couple weeks ago about when a fan base hates one of the players. And in Pittsburgh, it, it has happened a couple times before, as he noted, with Barry Bonds, with Yarmer Yager at the end. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that a little bit since we were discussing it off air. And uh, Roberto Clemente was not popular until he hit 400 in the 1971 World Series. And then uh, by the end of 1972, he died. And then all of a sudden, he was revered. But he was a guy who... Uh, during his career, constantly complained about injuries mm-hmm. and seemed to always have something wrong with them, and that really turned a lot of people off. Well, Antonio Brown is only... Of course, this was way before social media, so... Antonio Brown's only complaining about not getting the ball enough. Le'Veon Bell is sitting on a yacht with photo uh, proof of that, and he's liking Instagram tweets that are celebrating the Steelers' demise. See, I think that... Uh... Tomlin has created a monster by by not considering Twitter or social media to be real, quote unquote. Then he's allowed this to be a reoccurring drama throughout the season until he does something about it. Bud Dupree is going to be telling people he slept with their girlfriends, yeah. and AD's and that matters gonna... basically why. Uh, it's just a distraction. Is it? It's a yeah. Well, I guess those are uh, what you perceive them to be. I guess that's different for everybody. They don't care about the tweeting. I mean, to Tom, me, it says it it says where your focus is. Why are you on Twitter yeah. responding to fans yeah. when things when you're not you haven't won a game yet? It's not probably what you or I would do, but uh, it, you know, is he supposed to shower and then watch film until the next practice and then watch more film and then? You know, repeat as necessary. That would be nice. Tomlin talked about the uh, social media stuff yesterday, and he, he said the, he responded to a social media incident, if you want to call it that, with Martavis Bryant because Bryant was ripping another teammate. And that's where it went over the line for Tomlin in, in the terms of social media. The rest of it he doesn't care, and I, I can't say he's completely wrong on that. I, I think. People, well, when he's threatening journalists over social media, he should probably care about that. That's that. Good point by you. Good point by you. And that's why they made him issue the apology that they wrote for him and <laughs> attached uh, his name to. And when he says, trade me, let's find out, it, what he's doing is he's creating a distraction for the team because now everybody's got to ask about that. Right. And that's he's and that's distracting from their purpose. Well, it is or it Guys is. are mean, exhausted with it. Distractions are what you allow them to become. I mean, if your focus is strong enough, you don't get distracted. Well, clearly, the, the Steelers are focused. I mean, their performance this Sunday suggests nothing but crystal clear focus. Yeah. Or maybe just they're not very good on defense, and the Chiefs are the best offense in the league, and you can be 1,000% focused, and you're still not going to cover Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. A little from column A, a little yeah. from column B. I mean, who knows? One one of the things they got to figure out in the midst of all this is why uh, Antonio Brown's production is down. People, I'd imagine, spend a lot of time, particularly in the offseason, uh, working to minimize Antonio's impact in football games, particularly people that you play at the early portions of the year and they get the schedule and they know that they're going to see you. So, you know, I wouldn't overreact in any way in terms of what's transpiring with his usage or 
things that people are doing to defend him. The more we play those things, uh, level themselves out. This guy's a significant guy. Um, he's been a significant reason why we've been successful around here. He's going to continue to be. Um, it's just things that happen probably at the initial portions of the season as you work the game traction, as you see some new and different things that people have been working on, uh, as you see some of the things that people are doing to work to minimize his impact on the game. So maybe he needs to have that discussion with Antonio Brown. Well, maybe that's what they talked about in part yesterday. Maybe they have been having that conversation and Antonio Brown just hasn't been hearing it. Well, we have seen uh, he's got targeted a lot in his production relative to what he usually does is is down. There's been uh, a couple miscommunications with Ben Roethlisberger. Whose fault is that? Was it a bad, you know, was the ball thrown in the wrong spot or was it the wrong route run? Uh, there have been a couple misses where he's been open and he's had a chance to make splash plays and uh, Ben hasn't gotten him the ball. Uh, Tomlin's point about stuff working itself out, Roethlisberger clearly can be better than he was in Cleveland. He was much better against Kansas City, but he can still be better than that. I think this is a result of him not playing much in the preseason. Yep. And he's just got to get back up to speed. Would I play him more in the preseason so he can start faster? Absolutely not. Because he's too valuable to risk injury in games that don't count. But they are at the point where they got to start figuring some of this out and winning some football games. Steelers Bucks, Monday night, week three of the 2018 NFL regular season. The Steelers head to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Monday night football coverage begins at 4 o'clock, leading up to the 8.15 kickoff here on your radio home of the Steelers, DVE. When we come back, Merrill Hodge, interested to hear his take on all of this. That's next. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show, your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. The house is in disarray right now. Will we be able to clean it up before company comes over? Will the Steelers be able to red up before Monday night, Mike? Well, you know, if they have red paint, they're going to paint the barn red. So there's Not that. with a broad brush, though. We no, know that much. Gonna, it's going to take a while. <laughs> Joining us right now, the one and only Merrill Hodge, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Merrill? Yeah, good morning, everybody. This sounds like uh, good times. Well, good we're, times. We're staying upbeat <laughs> through the bad weather and the bad news concerning the Steelers. My first question for you is, which scenario is worse for the Steelers? A.B. missing uh, practice Monday, not showing up at the facility anyways, his tirade on the sidelines, his uh, tweeting to, to trade him to find out how much they'd miss him, or the defense? When you don't show up, that's just... That's inexcusable and unprofessional. You know, some of those other things, antics, especially social media stuff can happen. Um, you know, being upset on the sideline, that's not going to happen. Um, but not showing up, that, that there's no excuse for that. That, that becomes, that's a concern. And that's, uh, to me, that would be unacceptable. Um, and the defense, you know, they, uh, I, I tell you this, it was, uh, it was interesting, you know, watching a lot of their touchdowns, you know, I know they're trying to play a lot of man coverage to kind of neutralize their speed. You do that, especially uh, a young quarterback, is you don't let him get defined reads very quick. You know, you make it a little tougher on him and he can bring pressure. Well, I didn't see any of those defensive back. There's not one guy that did anything at the line of scrimmage to neutralize their speed. And, you know, oftentimes you play defensive back, that's why your hands are so important, you know, getting your hands on defense uh, on wide receivers. you got that five-yard radius as a time you can jam and disrupt, and none of that was ever done. I mean, these, guys, these wide receivers from Kansas City, I mean, they were screaming up the field untouched. And when, when you do that, you just make it easier. Like what you're trying to do conceptually 
is nullified if you don't do that on the perimeter. You know, and I guess and you could tell Kansas City knew how to get them into certain coverages. You know, they'd check the certain formations, and um, the Steelers would do their automatic check, and they'd get in that cover, too, and they, they just killed the middle of the field. And a man coverage, you know, I, I just – when you – I always get – I always have a problem. Doesn't matter it, across the league when guys hang their hands on their side on the side of their hips and then snap the ball. They leave them there. Like those are some most important weapons in that five yard radius. And when you don't use them, uh, you give yourself no help. I mean, there's no chance of playing press man when you don't use your hands. And there's nobody any good enough just to run with people, especially on Kansas City. They got too much speed, you know. So, you know, some of it was self inflicted by not doing things that you would think you would do. So. Also, what I'm saying is you can clean those things up. But, you know, Tampa, um, I don't know if you know this, but um, Dirk Cutter, their head coach, is my high school coach. And really? He is really one. Yeah, he he, uh, he was my high school coach. I have great respect for him. In fact, I I learned a lot about just offensive football from him in high school. Now I paid, played for his dad at Idaho State, um, even though the, Dave Craigthorpe recruited me. He, he became the head coach. His dad became the head coach. But in high school, we were doing – um, we were we were playing five. We we play in empty sets. We were playing pro, actually pro style offense. I mean, he's in the, he's just very smart. He does conceptually. I'm one of the smartest guys I've ever been around, as far as a football guy goes. Conceptually, he does a lot of really interesting things offensively. So, you know, they'll see some of the problems the students have. And here's what happens in the NFL. I think most people know. Man, once you've shown you have a weakness in some things, you're gonna keep seeing it. Until you show you can stop it. So let's. So what you're saying, Merrill, is that Travis Kelsey had a big game. O.J. Howard, the Tampa tight end, had a 75 yard touchdown pass. So Tampa might throw it to O.J. Howard. <laughs> well, there's going to be no doubt about that. Think about this: <laughs> they have Jackson on the outside, who has the same type of speed Kansas City had. When you think of what they bring, actually, they bring one thing more than what Kansas City is. They have speed, the tight end that's awesome. And then they have another wide receiver who's big time, and he's a big body guy. You know, you've got to get your hands on people like that. I mean, you've got to win at the line of scrimmage. You've got to make it tough on them. And if you don't do that, I, there's nobody – Just man, you just, you're killing yourself when you don't do that. So, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, you hopefully you don't have the same type of issues, but you're going you're gonna to see some of the things that gave you problems, and if you don't correct them – you're going to keep seeing them. But uh, Tampa have the ability to challenge them. I mean, listen, they're, they're creative, too. They're good coaches. They're great coaches in this league across the board. They're going to do things that they've, they've that the Steelers haven't seen, which is going to be another problem. Merrill, getting back gonna, to uh, Antonio Brown, when you cross the line the way he has not showing up, is there a way for a team to deal with that short of not playing the guy in the next game or two? Let me just say this. That's your already established. And here's what I mean by that. The rules are already in place or should be in place. Listen, you meet a meeting, you don't play the next week or you don't play the first half. That's why when, as a leader, anytime you make a rule and the punishment with it, well, it's not – no player should be shocked that they don't get to play the first half. I'm just saying if that was the rule and that's the punishment. Okay, but what I'm saying is this should already be put in place. You know, if you're going to miss a practice, you're going to be late. Those things should have already been discussed. You already know the punishment. Now, if you don't serve the punishment, then that becomes an issue from a leadership perspective. 
because I'll tell you this from a, a head coaching position, if you're going to make a rule and then you're going to say this is the punishment, you better think of your very best player breaking that rule. Can I serve the punishment? Well, if I can't serve the punishment on my very best player, I better not make the rule. So I better think of my best player breaking that rule. And then if I want to be able to stand in front of my men and talk to them and everything I say they're going to listen to and they're, they're going to know I mean, I better serve that punishment. Now, I don't know what the punishment is, you know, if there is a rule on that. I would think there would already be something in place. You know, if people missing practice and being late, I, I mean, I just got to believe there's something already in place on that. You already know what's coming down. So if you have a player did it, you don't come in my office and go, well, coach, how come? No, 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 no. You already knew the punishment. You chose to do it. This ain't, I, you're doing it. You did it to yourself. I didn't do it to you. Don't blame me. You knew it. I gave you a heads up on this. So, you know, I don't know what the, the I know there's got to be some type of rule. They, they wouldn't just say that, look, you could be late and you don't have to show up and there's no consequences. Like, I just can't believe it. There isn't. Merrill, it seemed to me that the, uh, the Steelers' defense, aside from not knowing where they were supposed to be a bunch of times, you saw them pointing at each other and some miscommunication happening in the secondary. Uh, maybe uh, you know Terrell Edmonds having a little trouble acclimating early on in his uh, NFL career. But there seems to be a real talent evaluation process with the Steelers in terms of who they've drafted, personnel choices through the years. Bud Dupree, Artie Burns, uh, Sean Davis is having a hard time right now. What, is this something that can be fixed? Is the talent there and technique and schematics need to be impressed upon them more, or do they got to work with what they got and hope for the best? Uh, that's that's a little question, Randy. And I, I, here's what I'll, I'll handle it this way. Listen, you just talked about um, now I wasn't there at the game, so you saw that. Now it's there, evident, which would be would not be shocking because you got a bunch of new players back there. And Travis Kelsey guys, said he was wide open the whole game. Well, he was. And I'm yeah. gonna say, listen, I, I watched. I got to see some of the tape, and I was like, they, they, because they, and I, I use it in segments. Like they could get the Steelers. Now I don't know this for a fact, but it just appeared that they knew that they could get him in cover two. They would shift and they'd do a certain thing, and they would get him there. And then when they did it, you know, the Steelers because there's so many new players and new faces. I'm not shocked by him. I mean, that is, that's kind of the growing pains you go through with stuff like that. So if you fix it, absolutely. You know, over time, you can work on that. You know, chemistry will come better. You'll mm-hmm. become better. Um, you're getting your hands on people at the line of scrimmage and just not laying and sitting them on the side of your hips. Can that change? Absolutely. Right. But here's my problem with tech, some techniques. You're telling me they haven't already taught that? That's exactly <laughs> what I say. A, po- a coach has all the power but no control. You know, people walk inside the white lines of a football field, all bets are off. It's just like being a parent, you know. You have all the power but no control until your kids leave the front door of your home. You know, then it's on them. Um, that's how it is with parent, uh, with uh, players. They go out there. You, you cannot tell me that they got worked on. Get your hands on them. We got five yards. We can move these guys. We can tag. Get our hands on them. We ain't good enough to just stand there and turn our hips and run with them. They're right. too fast. That's why we put you there. So can you change that? Um, are you going to, I mean, what type of, of impact can you make once you start doing all the right things? You know, are you worth the first round draft pick or whenever you're drafting on that? You know, y'all, we are. So um, there's a lot of things that you just mentioned. Yes, I, I know you can. And will the player apply it? You know, that's a whole different story, you know. But a lot of stuff you just talked about, sure, that could be taught, that could be, but can it be applied? Well, 
you know, communication stuff, that surely should get better. Which is, I'm not shocked by that. When you put that many new faces in the secondary together, and that's just, yeah, that's not, I'm not surprised by that. That would get better. You know, applying technique, that can get better, but that's a player wanting to do it and doing it right. And then, uh, you know, you're going to have to do it quick because you, with this game, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a uphill. I think makes the NFL so great. Like every this week two, it is week two, and you're already it already feels doomed. I've been in the. <laughs> I, I, I was just gonna say, I know we got a lot of time, and and I'm hoping it's not gonna continue this way. I was looking for you to give me a a, a, a ray of sunshine there, a little. It already little, feels doomed. It's uh, not the sunshine you were. No, looking no, for. a little bit of hope. No, he was saying, but I think Merrill was saying you probably think it's already doomed, but it's not, right, Merrill? No, there's there's a meeting that's already taken place that really matters. And that's that head coach standing in front of that team, and you find out who your leadership is. And who are. This is where you really do find that. You know, you talk about this, you really know. If you don't see those meetings, and you're really not in, you really don't know. You can hear some things, but you really don't know. I remember we were on to you can know about 1989, and when Chuck stood in front of us, and he said, listen, I know nobody believes you. I know they're talking about you. are the worst team in football. I've read it all. I've seen it all. But I want you to know I believe in you. Now, as soon as he said that, I was like, well, I set it up. I was like, okay. He goes, now, listen, here's how we have to do this. And then he went through the, kind of a map of how we needed to do it. And then we, every day, we got a little better at that. We took that, that plan to heart and executed it. Listen, you got a little lucky in this area, but that happens, too, in, in this game. You know, sometimes it doesn't go your way, and it starts going your way. Yeah, and you start doing the thing right, and doing all the things, pointing fingers, you know, worrying about things, you know, try to get better, work, think about your team. You all know, right. it is you guys. Merrill, you know what? Merrill, the connection we have right now is uh, it's it's going way in and out. We're losing uh, every other word and then some. So I don't want to do disservice to the Chuck Knoll story because, that you know, I want to pay, uh, uh, you know, uh, proper rev- reverential uh, tones here to uh, to the emperor, but we're, we're losing you on this one. We're going to have to cut this one short and catch up with you next week. Yeah, are I'll, you there I'll next week? On a more positive note, I'm here, my brother. Okay, now, see now it already sounds better. Yeah, we were really losing you there, so uh, yeah, our apologies. We'll have to we'll have to jump now, but next week hopefully we can oh. either get you on a landline or the uh, the the barometric pressures will be kind to us and we'll have a nice cell connection. Yeah, see, we already... Okay, man, let's hope it's better. All the way around. The Steelers and our cell connection there. That, that speech he was referencing is legendary. You, Chuck Knoll told them after they got beat 51 nothing and 41 to 10 he said, stop getting beat 51 to nothing and 41 to 10 And the rest is history. They <laughs> made the go. playoffs. All right, good. Central 11. It's 66 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Employment numbers are expected to boom when an ethane cracker plant opens in Beaver County. Washington and Jefferson College researchers say the Shell Chemicals plant will spark a 10% increase in direct as well as spinoff employment. Their study also found, however, the economic boost will level off. That report was based on data from other cracker plant locations. Just even building that place was a boom for Have you driven workers. Out there? No. It is enormous. But I talked to a couple of guys that are in the union like they took all the workers. They mm-hmm. there wasn't enough workers to go out there. 
Coca-Cola is denying it has any interest in marijuana or cannabis after a Bloomberg report said the beverage company was considering joining the cannabis drinks market. Coke emailed a statement to Bloomberg saying it's interested in developing drink drinks with CBD which is the non-psychoactive compound that's in marijuana. Some health studies claim CBD has pain relief properties. Uh, Coke said in a statement, it's closely watching the growth of non-psychoactive CBD along with many others and that no decision has been made at this time. What would be the point? Apparently, this is a growing market. Well, they put Tylenol in it. Like, why are they trying to put CBD in they a They put sugar- Tylenol in Coke? No, I'm saying, why don't they? Oh. That, they knew that killed uh, or was a painkiller. Why the rush yeah, to put CBD in there? Because it's such a growing, booming market. I think it's because they want to have the connection with the cool sort of psychoactive element in there with without having any of the psychoactive element Maybe. in there. No doubt. Maybe. Uh, do we all agree that McDonald's hot apple pies are awesome? Yeah, there's nothing quite like the flakiness of those things. I mean, we all know that you can get a third degree burn if you are not careful on the timing of those things. Also, yeah, it's best to let them sit out for at least a day or two. They put them, in, I, I'm not sure if they still do this, but they used to come in little cardboard boxes that were the perfect eating vessels. Yeah, it yeah. had the little tooth flap thing on the top. Yeah, and you yes. could just kind of keep feeding it out of the paper tube yep. mm-hmm. until you were right at the end. And that last bite was always like a push pop, except for pie. Yeah, that that last bite was always a pretty good one. Well, there pie. is a big uproar because they've changed the recipe. What? It now has a lattice top. Oh, know, like a real lattice. Okay. You know what that is? Yes. Uh, I've seen those under decks mainly. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of what it looks like. No, but that's how like all like, you know, apple yeah. pies sitting on, the, sitting on the windowsill look like. Right. Uh, and they have new ingredients, including more cinnamon and less sugar. People tweeted their displeasure with the changes, but McDonald's isn't changing back to the old recipes, and they want to remind people it's not the first time they've changed the recipe. Until 1992, they deep-fried them, but uh, they switched to baking. That's when they were good, the deep-fried ones. And they had the bubbles on it? Yep. Yeah. 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 They should probably just put CBD oil in it and be done with it. (laughs) Nobody will complain anymore. Uh, I once saw a man clipping his fingernails in the produce department of a grocery store which was pretty bad, but this is probably worse. Last Saturday afternoon, a man arrested in Northern Virginia after he went through the produce section of a grocery store, dropped his pants, and rubbed various items on his butt and then put them back on the shelf. Tom Green went shopping. Yeah, my bum is on the apples. My bum is on the apples. (laughs) Police were called and arrested 27-year-old Michael Johnson on charges of indecent exposure and destruction of property. A police spokesperson said it involved fruits, not vegetables. Uh, and the store had to destroy several pallets of produce after the incident. Ooh, this banana feels green. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new one. Yeah, that's an interesting... Uh, how was he able to do it so much? Like, I'm sure people well, I mean, were shocked. Like, <laughs> honestly, if you saw that, would you step in? Like, I'm not going to be a citizens on patrol in I that think situation. Some, no, but somebody from the store would step in before he got to the third pallet. <laughs> Well, no, I think because he he swiped it and then put it back. So they had to throw, like, everything away. He did a little schmeg drag. Oh, my God. This guy's leaving a snail trail on all our fruit. (laughs) Get him. Did he have a cape on or anything? I mean, was, uh, was he a bad say. guy? Is he the Joker? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Did not say if he was a villain. Okay. I would have got the vegetables, too, if it wasn't for you kids. <laughs> a new study has found fast-talking men have better sex lives. 
Researchers say guys who speak fast are happier with their sex lives and claim to have gone to bed with twice as many partners as men who speak slower. Scientists believe that's due to the fact that uh, fast speech appears to be more honest. It seems liars pause frequently and speak slowly. So fast talking guys are more likely to tell uh, the truth. I, guess. I disagree with that. Yeah. That, I imagine like slow talking guys are smooth, like smooth operators. Liars talk super fast. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but they have great sex. That's what I'm getting from this. Yeah, but they're just lying about how many people they slept with. <laughs> no, I've slept with a ton of chicks. Ton of chicks. Kisses. Believe 19- me, tremendous. Kisses 1978 four same day released self-titled solo albums are set to be re-released in a limited edition 4LP vinyl box set. Kiss the solo album's 40th anniversary collection 180 gram 4LP box set will be available on October 19th. And Paul Stanley teaming up with Puma to uh, design a uh, sneaker. Oh, good. So, forecast partly sunny, 80 for the high today. It's 65 at DVE. So, the Tomlin translator is something we use every week to take Coach Tomlin's press conference and then run it through the, the, the ringer. Uh, we, we had it developed over there at CMU, and it gives you the subtext of what he was saying because he's not always forthcoming with the media. You have to really d- dive deep to get the actual meeting. Uh, of his response to uh, questions from the press corps there. So uh, let's uh, crank up the Tomlin translator. Yesterday he was asked about uh, it becoming uh, a passing league and whether the defense is uh, reacting appropriately. Coach, you, you've acknowledged that this is now a passing league, but yet you got lit up by Jacksonville for 45, and Combs comes in for six. Is it time to think about the scheme that you're playing, or is it the way you're using your personnel? You know, I'm not ready to paint with a broad brush. You know, really, I'm focused on this group this year. I, I'm really focused on what's going on in terms of the work that we put in as a staff. Okay, let's put it through the old uh, through the Tomlin translator. It's our scheme. It's our players. It's our coaches. It's our cleats. It's our deodorant. It's everything. We stink. This ain't no Jackson Pollock or Georgia Solrad pointillism bullshit. This is a male pouch tobacco painted onto the side of a barn. Bad. Got it. All right. Boy, it's a dire uh, assessment. I always kind of like those male pouch parts. Yeah. Uh, then asked about uh, communication on the D. Communication in the secondary a large part of the problem? It was some technical. It was some communication. Um, it was popcorn. All right. Good translator. It was popcorn. All right popcorn that tasted like ass and got caught in the back of your throat and we choked the whole game oh wow uh okay it's worse than i thought yeah it's <laughs> worse kind of popcorn yeah do you make the calls down and down on defense i do not no all right through the channel chances you make the calls on defense i'm not gonna confess to captaining the titanic when we're still floating around the iceberg yeah that's probably <laughs> probably smart mike what was your reaction to antonio brown tweeting to a former employee that criticizes place of trading let's find out you know again like i said last week um i'm not going to openly talk about a lot of things that occur in social media you could be chasing that always okay so let's put that through the translator there A.B. can do whatever he wants because he's our best player and we cannot win without him and without Le'Veon Bell. So short of Antonio actually murdering one of you, hacks, I don't care if he tweets a picture of his Johnson as the fifth head on Mount Rushmore. He plays Monday night. 
<laughs> he might be that, quite a mental picture. I mean, it is <laughs> vivid image. Yeah, it really is. Uh, There's Lincoln. Hey, Mike, hey, Jefferson. you 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 made it onto the uh, to the Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> you made it uh, onto the, uh, the 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 Tomlin translator uh, slate today. Was he here yesterday? He was not. No, I'm looking forward to visiting with him today and discussing that and some other things. Okay, was AB there yesterday? And the real answer, parsed. It doesn't matter what I say to him. Yelling at AB is like trying to tell a tree stump to do better. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Benz asked him uh, if this would uh, behoove. But would it behoove you or the team to have a more ironclad policy about it? You know, I, I, I'll, I'll let you make those judgments. Okay, let's run that through the translator. He's... Would it behoove you to be four inches taller, Mr. <laughs> Benz? Go to be hell. You some bitch. <laughs> some bitch. <laughs> be hell. You be hitch. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, he always gets really testy with Benzie. I don't know why. Well, at least the translator thinks he's being that way. All right. Uh, translator knows all. It does. Is Antonio asked to be traded? <laughs> no. No. All right. So the translator... Yes, yes. <laughs> every time he comes off the field without a touchdown, every time we run out of his favorite coconut body lotion in the locker room, every time we serve broccoli in the cafeteria, if it rains, all the time, it's like a dog barking. You get used to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine this isn't the first time they've heard that. Uh, the punter question came up. Are you comfortable with Jordan Berry as your punter? Or do you... I'm not comfortable with results I've seen thus far. Right, to the translator. Jordan Berry is responsible for more shankings than a Latino prison gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> are you working anybody out this week? We may. Yeah, uh, punters. Are, are you working people out? Okay. I forgot to tell Kevin to bring in punters because A.B. tweeted that he wanted to be traded and Bud Dupree is telling Steeler fans that he's sacking their girlfriends. <laughs> so, yeah, it slipped my mind. Yeah, it didn't sound like he was really, <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe we will bring people in. He can half-heartedly was in on that one. Uh, team turmoil question. And nationally and locally, the rumblings are deafening about team turmoil, the team fo lack of focus maturity what do you say to Steelers Nation at this point uh, I've said repeatedly the same thing that I've said to you guys man over the course of of this press conference man we're two weeks in it's only week two imagine what a show it could be by week 11 or 12 <laughs> I hadn't thought about that um, you know, we don't have a large body of work. I'm not ready to paint with a broad brush. I'm just not. Still a nation is our driving force in terms of how we approach and, and pursue victory. So uh, in no way um, am I painting with a broad brush two weeks in in terms of where our football team is. Okay, let's find out what this comes out to. AB better have three touchdowns Monday night or I'm going to be using a broad brush to paint a for sale sign for the front of my house. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad yet, but uh, the translator thinks uh, Coach is uh, that pessimistic. I, for one, am not, Mike. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers rebound on Monday night with an epic offensive performance. This defense will be offensive too, but, you know, it will require that. Yeah, boy. 
58 to 56. Play the over and don't plan on getting a lot of sleep on Monday night because this one's going down to the wire. More uh, coming up from Mike Pursuta plus Mark Madden, Big Cat from Pardon My Take, Barstool Sports coming up 9.15. And uh, we will get you set for Radiothon, which is tomorrow. More on that on the way. Plus, reminding you, your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, House of a Thousand Beers in New Kensington, $2 Bud Light, 16-ounce aluminum bottles during all Steeler games. House of a Thousand Beers in New Ken is your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is now brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. The Steelers are 0-1-1 heading down to Tampa for a Monday night meeting. With the Buccaneers, they don't look good on the field. They look like they're coming unglued from within off the field. It ain't pretty. And the natives are restless. Mike Tomlin is aware. He's also aware that they've played two games. Uh, I've said repeatedly the same thing that I've said to you guys, man, over the course of of this press conference, man. We're two weeks in. Um, You know, we don't have a large body of work. Uh, We're focused on winning this next opportunity. I'm not ready to paint with a broad brush. I'm just not. Um, I'm sensitive to our fans uh, and the entertainment of our fans, the pursuit of victory for them. Still a nation is our driving force in terms of how we approach and, and pursue victory. So I'm not not sensitive to those things, but uh, in no way um, am I painting with a broad brush two weeks in in terms of where our football team is or, or what's going to define this group of people that is our football team in 2018. Now, Randy, you went to the Tomlin Translator, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, all due respect to the CMU nerds, uh, I went to Kevin Bacon to get the translation. Okay. Remain calm. All is well. All is well. Yeah. It's okay. The worry. All is well. This is fine. Everyone's fine. They are o one and one, and. Uh, They've looked bad in achieving that 0-1-1 <laughs> yeah. record. It's hard to look good doing it. They're but, lucky to be 0-1-1. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> uh, Mike Tomlin emphasized yesterday that uh, you know things might look a little better had uh, they just found a way to win one or both of those games. It had been less frustrating had we won. you know. And, and so I don't want to miss that point. Uh, we step in the stadiums to win games. Um, you know, we turned the ball over six times in Cleveland, but had we won, uh, it'd have stung less. Uh, we gave up six touchdown passes on Sunday. Had we won, it'd have stung, but it'd have stung less. Um, our business is winning, so we, we focus our efforts there. And if there's frustrating frustration, is centered around the pursuit of victory. That's a classic non-content answer from Mike Tomlin there, who who meet who merely. He's so good at just explaining circumstances without ever addressing a question. If we won, it would sting less. Uh, this would have stung less if we would have won. If my aunt right. was different. Endowed <laughs> with a pair of uh, testicles. Different. I might be calling her uncle. Uh, if my aunt was testicle capable. <laughs> if she was an Audi. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Six turnovers in Cleveland. Yeah, six touchdown passes against Kansas City allowed. What's the number six going to entail Monday night? Six meltdowns on the sideline. Six game suspension for Antonio Brown. No, that's harsh. You can't. Ron Cook wrote in the Post Gazette today that they they should suspend Antonio Brown. You can't suspend him. I I honestly got do not have an answer for this. I would. Now he Mike Tomlin said yesterday he's going 
to talk with Antonio Brown. I'm sure uh, what, if anything, uh, transpires after that will be a direct result of that conversation. Uh, the leadership of the team, Cam Hayward here on our show, said that uh, he would talk to Antonio Brown or Ben Roethlisberger would talk to Antonio Brown or Marquise Pouncey would talk to Antonio Brown. Ben Roethlisberger said yesterday on his radio show he would talk to Antonio Brown. Ramon Foster said on his radio show Marquise Pouncey would talk to Antonio Brown. Well, consider- Is this guy reachable still? Or and- is it is it a mathematical certainty to uh, go back to the Titanic uh, metaphor or yeah. analogy made by this Tomlin translator? Is the boat going to sink? Maybe and- they should... That's just that. All get together at once and have like an intervention. Here's what everybody yeah, I mean, is like start the kind where you letters. put a bar of soap yeah. in a towel and the thing that everybody is missing is that the fans are judging A B and his uh what potential sentence he should get based on three things. Which is one, the meltdown on the sidelines, two, the tweet saying trade me, three, missing practice Monday or meetings just being at the facility. The fact is the team doesn't even weigh those first two. I don't believe it does. And what else is going on that the public doesn't know about? Tons of stuff. But that's my point is that this happens. They're used to this with AB. Tomlin has already told you he doesn't think social media matters. The meltdown on the field. Coaches and players argue all the time all over the league. AB flipped over a Gatorade bucket last year. They won 13-3. and They don't care about the first two things. It's missing on Monday. So now recalibrate your what should his punishment be to, all right, he was petulant and he held out of the meetings on Monday. What should his punishment be there? That's how the Mike Tomlin and the right. Steelers are going to look at this. Right. And, and do you factor in... And that does not warrant a suspension. Do you factor in, are you playing at Tampa, which if you saw the Kansas City game, all right, the Buccaneers don't have... Kareem Hunt, the reigning NFL rushing champion. They they have no running game to speak of whatsoever. But, man, do they have it going on throwing the ball. Uh, they've got Deshaun Jackson, who is uh, a profound deep threat. He had a Evans. Seven, he had a 75-yard touchdown reception against the Eagles last week. He tied Jerry Rice for the most 60-plus-yard touchdowns in NFL history. So there's that to worry about. Mike Evans is a 6-5 ridiculous possession guy. He's not just a possession guy, but if you need three yards, you you throw it to him for four, and he puts the hands up. He's taller than most everybody else, and he catches the ball, and they move the chains. Ryan Fitzpatrick is reborn. Uh, he's, He's starting for his seventh team over the course of his career, but he appears determined to take what's there when he has to. The ball's coming out quick. He's and not, loose. He's not letting himself get sacked and getting into trouble because he's got the possession guy. He's got a great tight end in O.J. Howard, who who is another complement of that passing game. And they've switched up the way they're calling the plays. Dirk Cutter, Merrill's old uh, high school coach. Is that what he said? Yeah. Um, he's an offensive guy as the head coach. He was the play caller last year. Uh, Todd Monken is the offensive coordinator in Tampa. They experimented with letting him call the plays in the preseason. He's a lot more aggressive. They they take shots. They go for big plays. They're getting a ton of chunk plays. They had nine 20-plus yard plays against New Orleans in their opener and four against Philadelphia. It's uh, They're going to have to score points Monday night. They're not going to fix the defense in one week against this team. Permani Brothers has a new one. The newest feature, they brought in a bunch of these this morning. 
The Boss Hog. Available for a limited time only. That's right, the Boss Hog. Pulled pork, hickory barbecue sauce, served permani style with fries and slaw, then topped with two onion rings. Let me tell you something. My friends at Permanis, they don't mess around. And this time, they hit it out of the park. They this really thing did. looks ridiculously good. I cannot wait to eat one of these. A mountain of pulled pork covered in hickory smoked barbecue sauce, piled high with pickles, French fries, sweet and sour slaw, and a mater. Two oversized onion rings on top. Oh, go get a boss hog today. Big Cat coming in next hour, and uh, also we'll have Mark Madden on the show at 9.45. Oh, my mouth's watering for one of those things. I'm starving. And one. It is the DVE Morning Show, and tomorrow we kick off the 11th annual DVE Rocks for Children's Radiothon. Unbelievable. I can't so believe it. Awesome. It always just comes up so quick. You know, I know. Very glad that it's uh, here once again uh, and looking forward to seeing our friends at Children's. You can become a rock star today by going to givetochildrens.org. And remember, tune in and hear inspiring stories on WDVE all day Thursday and Friday. We'll start the broadcast 6 a.m. with a whole bank full of volunteers who get there bright and early. Like, well, it's not bright. It's dark and early. early. (laughs) God bless them. Yeah, they're there, you know, 530 and a and, lot of people, a lot of volunteers come back year after year after year. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we see the same faces, and this really is the best 48 hours for us here at DVE of the year. It's a and cleansing. It really is. <laughs> All the stuff that it just makes you feel so awful that's out there, this is time to spend with really good people and also some people who are in need, and you can help those people. Once again, givetochildrens.org is the website you can go to and already certify your rock star status, but we'll be telling you more about the great work they do there. This will be a great opportunity to feel really great about the town you live live in and the amenities that are at your uh, disposal uh, medically speaking if you have a, a child and you live anywhere within the sound of our voice it should be of great comfort to know that you live somewhere where you can seek world renowned mm-hmm. coverage for your your for child sure. Uh, and we're glad to play a small role in continuing that level of care with radiothon once again tomorrow the 11th annual dve rocks for children's radiothon starting at 6 a.m and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Plus, there's always good pastries there. So, there I mean, really is. And you get to hang out. And it's like, yeah. It's, Shout out to Panera. A uh, fun couple of days there. All right. Uh, Bill is back in studio with us, but you have, uh, you've had a pretty busy four or five days there. You just uh, traveled to the Middle East and back with the USO <laughs> tour doing comedy with Steve Byrne and Steve Simone and Mark Ellis. Yep. Yep. Tell it. Where did you go? Tell amazing. us about it. Um, well, we went to, uh, we went to Amman, Jordan. And we visited a couple of bases there, and it's it was crazy because it's bookended by two 24-hour days of travel. So it was a lot of flying. That's crazy for not a ton of shows. I felt like we we I you always feel like you want to do more because you're like I'm all the I came all the way over here. Let's do some more shows. But um, we went to two different bases um, in Jordan, and we went to MSAB, which is an air base that's uh the biggest air base in jordan and they share it with the jordanian army and and it's you know it's it's sort of strategically located right across the dead sea from israel and you know it's right there in the middle east and uh it was just awesome because the day like during the day you are you you go to these bases and then you meet with the you know the some um leader of the 
squad or whatever mm-hmm. and uh and they take you around and show you different things so we got to meet with the eod we got an eod demonstration which is, is basically that? like the hurt locker guys oh, who cool. detonate bombs and and do all types of really scary kind of stuff like they are the smartest people yeah. <laughs> in the uh the army because they understand the chemistry of ieds and nukes and you know artillery in the army reaches its like a uh, a sort of like an expiration date and if they have if we have weapons that are no longer going to be trusted Effective. then they have to detonate those and so we got to like check that all out and put on the the suit which is like 85 pounds wow and uh and then we got to meet a canine unit and those dogs are just absolute badasses. Scared what to was it? death what of was, those dogs. What was the temperature? Uh, yeah, because you had a picture with a jacket on or something. Jordan was, was not um, as hot as the other countries for some reason. The, it's the most temperate. Like, it was 80s. Okay. Not bad. Um, the dogs, they were talking to us about the dogs, and they're like, okay, we're about to show you the dogs, and... You know, these dogs are not considered to be any kind of pets or anything. They are like a Working member of dogs. the military. They are soldiers, and they are trained to attack with or without command. And I'm and I was like, excuse me, I just did you say without command? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. If they sense a threat, they are you know they are trained to attack. I was like, okay, all right. Well, let's. I hope they don't sense anything. <laughs> so they came out, and then they you know a couple of us. Uh, I didn't couple of us tried the jacket on and uh and oh, did had a couple them demonstrations attacked? oh yeah. my god I, I just didn't want to do it because i'm like these dogs the the pressure of their bite could snap your arm in half and i just can't justify not to mention that. you know it's like the story i told about giving the peanut uh you know peanut shells with no peanut inside you know if they feel like you know you're, you're, you're they're, they're attacking you when you have uh, the Michelin Man costume on. They're like, that son of a... You know what? When he takes <laughs> right. that thing off, I'm going to go well, get his well, ass. Well, that's what I asked. I said, do these dogs hold a grudge at all? <laughs> right. Because I don't feel comfortable being around them. Um, but they're, you know, excellent dogs. And then we got to see some some of the F-15, the fighter jets. Nice. That are all, like, postured for takeoff at any moment. Oh, good. And uh, it makes you feel incredibly safe. And also like a huge sissy, at least for me <laughs> and Steve and the other guys, because mm-hmm. it was like, all right, we are uh, petrified, you know, just looking right. at this. Um, and then you get to perform for the troops at night, and it's it's amazing, you know. You go into the one of the MWRs or you know USO Center, and you 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 talk to the troops, and they could be for you know we met a group of guys from minnesota there's a bunch of pittsburghers over there i mean we we talked to guys a guy came up to the sh- came up to me after one of our shows and had a permani brothers t-shirt on oh nice <laughs> i was like oh my god where are you from he's like i'm from gasonia you know nice. there's people That's out great. there from ross township people out there from the south hills all over so it was it was really cool that's tremendous to get to go and do that man it's it's a tremendous privilege and an honor and uh, the, the the troops are very grateful for it, and the USO is just top-notch organization. That's, this is your third one? Yeah. And you did South Korea and... Japan and Iraq and Kuwait. Wow. Amazing. And I was like, can we uh, do one stateside, possibly? <laughs> can we go to San Diego or something? <laughs> yeah. But no, anytime you're asked, it's just... It's yeah, what an honor. It's a privilege beyond... Uh, 
explanation. So well, nicely done by you. Way to go. Thank you. I'm proud of you. All right, coming up, Big Cat from Pardon My Take, Barstool Sports uh, uh, number one podcast. Also, Mark Madden next hour, and Val has your news next. We're going to talk about not helicopter parenting, but lawnmower parenting. Berg. It's been less frustrating had we won. Um, you know, we turned the ball over six times in Cleveland, but had we won, uh, it have stung less. Uh, we gave up six touchdown passes on Sunday. Had we won, it have stung, but it have stung less. That's a classic non-content answer from Mike Tomlin there, who who meet, who merely, he's so good at just explaining circumstances without ever addressing a question. If my aunt right. was different, endowed with a pair of... Uh, testicles different i might be calling her uncle uh, if my aunt was testicle capable <laughs> if she was an audi randy bellman and the dve morning show sounded like kermit coach tomlin not real excited right now about what's happening he had to dance around a lot of questions in that press conference yesterday there's so many things that like the reporters get him they try to get him to say and he's just like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not going there. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. No, we'll deal with that in house. He's got to be like Neo in the Matrix at this point. He has to constantly tap dance around, not saying, "What am I supposed to do?" It's A B. Bench him. I'd bench him. B might be in a lot of trouble. I like I your th- point of they might lose Monday I mean, night anyways. <laughs> I don't think him being there means they're gonna win. So I'm not losing the team for yeah, one player so for the far. rest of the year. Big Cat from Pardon My Take, uh, Barstool Sports. Uh, I'm, I'm calling him the ombudsman. He's the go-to guy there. He is uh, the uh, the Barstool diplomat. 915. Mark right. Madden, the 945. Ambassador. Yeah, ambassador. They're even better. What do you got, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 11. It's 70 degrees at DVEM Val Porter. Do you know what helicopter parenting is? Yes. When you're just hovering over all the time. Hovering, hovering, hovering. So there is now a term for an even more extreme method that has become trendy. It's lawnmower parenting. Is that where you get your kids to cut your grass <laughs> and try to teach them life lessons? That would be that would be a good one. No, this is not that. According to a teacher who wrote an essay about it, the teacher said, quote, lawnmower parents go to whatever lengths necessary to prevent their child from having to face adversity, struggle, or failure. Why the name lawnmower for this parenting? Yeah, because why? they mow down any person or obstacle that might keep their kid from having the most charmed and convenient life possible. The teacher's example was a parent who left work to go to the high school to drop off bottled water for their kid. He said he asked his daughter if they have water fountains. She said, yeah, but I'd rather have bottled water. Oh, man. So the dad apparently left work. <laughs> To go get his daughter bottled water. Shut up. Now, I don't know what school district this is, what, uh, you know, socioeconomic status this community is. Does that guy own the company he works (laughs) for, so it's really not a big deal? We don't know. My parents used to leave me sitting, waiting to be picked up from practice. For an hour and change <laughs> after everybody had left with regularity. Like, worrying about water was like not a big deal. <laughs> right. Again, 
Drink out of the hose. I understand the um, the compulsion or the urge to really try to eliminate problems from your kids' lives. I mean, I want to do that. Sure. I just recognize that I'm no match for the adversity of the world. Like, it's going to it's going to happen to everybody, and I don't think I'm doing them a favor by protecting them from that. That's just what I was going to say. They don't learn how to deal with adversity then. Yeah. You, the, and the thing not is having to train bottled them. water at the snap of a finger. Hey, sometimes there's cool. not going to be bottled water, kids. You got to get used to it. <laughs> Suck it up and beat somebody up that has water. In other parenting news, a new study found parents spend about 37 hours a week stressing out over their kids. That breaks down to about 5 hours and 18 minutes every day. 95% of parents said their kids' physical health is their biggest worry, which is good to worry about your kids physical health the survey also found six in ten participants admit they've lost sleep from time to time thinking about their kids i'm surprised it's not every night oh my god i wake up every morning like ah they're my kids okay people (laughs) like them (sighs) all right i'm fine this is gonna be good do people like them yes it's like stuff i never even considered when you're a parent like the concern over whether or not your kids are well liked whether they get along with other kids i wish my parents were still alive so i could ask them like what did you worry about when i was growing up i think my mother worried that she didn't want me to be a whore (laughs) she worried about you being a whore carnies yeah yeah. because i i mean i grew up with all brothers so i had a lot of guy friends right and i remember her one time saying that doesn't look good (laughs) you hanging around with so many boys and wearing all that mesh (laughs) you take that mesh off i think that was her biggest worry that i was gonna be a whore i thought i was like the furthest thing from (laughs) isn't that every parent's uh biggest nightmare or you know worry when they have a girl meanwhile the boys wanted absolutely nothing to do with me please don't be a slut please don't be a slut please don't be a slut I thought your mom's biggest worry was that you were going to run off with the carnies if you slept on the porch. Well, that was a big worry, too. But that was only for one week a year because the fair only came for one week. No camping out while the carnies are in town. (laughs) Not that they were going to steal you or kidnap you, but they were going to lure you away with their their elegant gypsy lifestyle. Yeah, they might snatch you off the front porch. You never know. Yeah, there's so many things to worry about. I was just talking to my girls yesterday on the way home from school, and I said, you know, just listening to you guys, hearing your stories about everything, it is so much harder to be a girl than it was to be a boy. Because I was asking them, you know, my daughter was like, weren't you ever in the fifth grade, Dad? And I was like, yeah, but I was a boy in the fifth grade. Mm -hmm. We're dumb. Like, there wasn't (laughs) a lot of conversation. There wasn't, like, you know, passive-aggressive stuff going on. Like, doing slap to the crotch right we were running around and if there was a problem you you know somebody got punched and then it was over (laughs) there was no like side eyes there there just wasn't that kind of stuff going on so you worry you do you worry a lot a crook in india thought he could make bank with a heavy load of booty which he tried to smuggle in and about his own booty, uh, the man was taking into, taken into custody at the airport in Delhi after customs agents got suspicious because he, of the way he was walking. When he was pulled aside, authorities discovered he had uh, placed nine gold bars weighing more than two pounds. No. Some place that would cause him to walk awkwardly. No way. Come on. He was taken to the police station. $40,000 worth of gold was retrieved, and he was charged with grand theft, which you know he had help doing this. Right. Because how else would he get it there? Right. 
Someone... Worst phone call to get as a friend ever. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you still lay bricks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let me get the jaws of life out. Ooh. Oh, my Lord. No, Another... that's, that's irreversible damage, I, I, I would guess. Yeah, you're you're. You got a pizza oven now. After... <laughs> In other disgusting news, police in Clearwater, Florida, got a call around 2.30 in the morning last Tuesday about somebody in a 24-hour laundromat watching porn and pleasuring himself. 24-hour laundromat? Yep. When police showed up, they found 20 I don't know why that made a difference. It was like, well, well, I thought it wasn't as bad. Well, I mean, it's not like... It didn't didn't break in. Right. It was 2.30 in the morning. The door was wide open. Was anybody else in there? Uh, Apparently, because somebody called the police... And I mean, they, I'm not okay with it if nobody was in there either. I'm trying. <laughs> makes it sound like I am okay with people going in late night and masturbating in uh, in uh, laundromats, and I'm not. When, like, What's the uh, problem? I'm gonna do socks next. Pol- <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I'm some kind of animal. <laughs> Police showed up and found 20 year old Carlos Salvador enjoying his own company, and when they arrested him, he told officers he was doing it because pleasuring himself in public helps with his anxiety. <laughs> oh well, look, it's but either I mean, that or I have a peacock with me <laughs> you know it's like the people take uh, pigs on planes now look yeah, if you have a th- yeah you have to have a, this is my therapy whack yeah <laughs> i'm having a session here everybody else's anxiety just through the roof working some things out <laughs> that's the thing nobody ever considers anybody else's anxiety these people are bringing livestock on a plane so they can calm down meanwhile someone over you know in i'm deathly afraid of peacocks. 17c yeah might have a severe feather allergy i don't want that thing in close quarters when it pulls out the fan from barstool sports pardon my take podcast uh, our friend big cat joining us right now big cat what's going on man good morning what's up guys i mean mental health is a real is a real topic it is me. so i think <laughs> this guy i mean if it's doctor's orders and it helps with his anxiety <laughs> i think that it plays maybe he well, six 12 to 6 a.m. is like international waters in a 24-hour <laughs> <laughs> He may have had a doctor's note, yes. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, so we've got a ton to talk with you about here, uh, Big Cat. First of all, uh, Antonio Brown. Now, we've been wondering uh, this morning, because it's being kicked around by, uh, by the talking heads, that maybe some uh, suspension or fine of some sort should be warranted. But what about the real victims uh, here of uh, Antonio Brown's petulance, the fantasy owners? I have Antonio Brown in every single one of my teams. And that's not a joke. I don't have 19 teams like I was saying the other day, but I do have two teams, and I have them on both my teams. So I am the real victim here if Antonio Brown <laughs> decides not to show up or he gets suspended. My question to you guys, I think this thing is all – the Antonio Brown thing is so fascinating because he's clearly, you know, however you want to rank him, top three wide receiver. I probably have him one uh, going into this year in the NFL. He has been a star for – a few years now he somehow has skated by not getting the microscope that a guy like odell beckham gets or Mm -hmm. some of these other guys even big ben his own team yeah you want an answer for that you want to know why why pittsburgh four one two baby you're in you a small market. Pittsburgh? If he played for the, it's if you play for the the Colts, if you play for the Steelers, if you play for any of those Rust Belt teams, the smaller market teams, you get away with less because the media is not. They don't want to have you know some rogue guy from the sports 
you know, section of the newspaper printing all this bad stuff about the team. So in order to like maintain relationships, I think media in smaller towns is a little less concerned with the non-football stuff because I think that that doesn't play well with the teams. Right. But what about the national media? That's kind of what's confusing to me is that he does, doesn't he feel like he's sort of skated by with a lot of this stuff and he has been uh, at least part of the problem when it comes, when when, if you're going to talk about Mike Tomlin maybe not having full control of the locker room and the Steelers being some guys in the last couple of years that a lot of them are out for themselves and, and, you know, the Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown gets paid, the Periscope, all that stuff. I actually think it has less to do with Pittsburgh and more to do with he's a matching guy. He went to Central Michigan. He's got a great smile. And people root for an underdog like that. You know sure. what I mean? Like, he's not an underdog anymore. That's just, Nobody remembers that he's from the Mac. Right. It, but, but if he was a if, – if Antonio Brown was a USC receiver and a top-five pick, I think there would be a different narrative when, when a lot of this stuff pops up and a lot of the – you know, I, I don't want to say me first, but it, he does feel like that happens a lot with Antonio Brown. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Well, yeah. he, he, it's not uh, going to be hidden any longer because as soon as any national media started uncovering some of the less than savory aspects of his personal life, he immediately threatened them with violence. Yeah, and which was funny because that guy uh, who wrote the article, I mean, he it, he basically accused him of being part of the thoughtsarage, thirst trapping on the Instagram. <laughs> and if you went to Antonio Brown's Instagram, he kind of was. If you have, if you go to someone's Instagram account and you can see like a half a dozen shirtless pictures within the first scroll, mm-hmm. there's definitely like, all right, what's going on here? Like, you know, maybe maybe relax with this. You're loving yourself a little too much. Oh yeah. All right. Now along those lines, is Le'Veon Bell now fat? Ooh, I've seen that he's been partying it up and he's really enjoying himself. I, who is giving Le'Veon Bell like advice? Is it his agent? It's just his agent at this point. Yes. I mean. I, I am as player first as it comes. I think me too. Teams, but this situation is out of control at this point because Terrible. he like, what do you want to pay a guy when when running backs just don't get paid what he's asking? And he's basically, I mean, the the biggest thing to me was all the offensive linemen coming out and being like, we don't want this guy here. Those guys never talk. They never ever speak to the media. They never say anything notable. For them to do that. Well, they didn't say we don't want him here. They, I mean, they, well, they said, like, yeah. they're pissed that he's not there. Well, some of them said, yeah, sit out the whole season. Why not just sit out the whole season? I'm sick of it. Right, him. and that's remarkable to me because you never hear linemen say anything, like good, bad, whatever. They, they just are not heard from, and I think that's part of the position. So to hear from them in that respect, I think it t- says a lot. And uh, Le'Veon Bell, I, I don't know what team. I mean, I'm sure there will be a team that will throw a ton of money at him this next offseason. But it's, I, I wouldn't want him on my team at this point when, he, when he's sitting out for this. And, and as again, I am full like pro player in almost every case, but this one has gotten so far sideways, I don't even know what to you know think of it anymore. It's just stupid. It's like he's playing against his own best interest here at this point. It seems like anyways. All right, next question for you. Fitz, uh, Fitz Magic happening down in Tampa. I asked Cam Hayward yesterday if he was allowed to tackle him by the beard, and he said yes. Ooh, that would be well. I think they'd call a face mask, especially now with the new rules in the NFL. The a face, face mask, beard. but you're not touching. What if you don't touch it? You just touching the. You just yank the beard. 
Yeah, but but the new rules in the NFL have protected the quarterbacks to such an insane level that I think they would probably throw a penalty flag, unnecessary roughness on on a beard tackle. Right, <laughs> bearding. They'd probably just yeah. call it bearding. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Clay Matthews tackle the other day on Kirk Cousins that cost them the game. Basically, I mean that's just a regular football tackle. Hasn't the NFL gone a little too far with this one? It's a regular football tackle, but I. So I've kind of had this thought process the entire time with all these new rules. The NFL is very calculated in what they're doing. The entire fan base, uh, you know, the entire country is saying, okay, head trauma, CTE, Bob Lee's doing a uh, outside the lines every afternoon saying that <laughs> NFL is killing all the players. There's this public outcry, like, what are we watching? Are we watching, you know, Roman gladiators killing each other? Okay, well, let's make the game safer. And let's make it so safe to a point where it's not even football anymore. And then you have everyone complaining the other way. And the NFL can then basically put their hands up and say, so which way do you guys want? Right. Uh, another very unusual happening uh, this past weekend. Vontae Davis retired at halftime. Now, I remember seeing Ramon Martinez retired from, from baseball. He quit the sport in the fifth inning of a game he was pitching for the Pirates in like 2001, 2002 or something like that. That was the only other time I saw something like this. He left the game in street clothes before it was over. Vontae Davis repeated that, and they were counting on this guy in Buffalo, and he just took off. Is it, the- it's incredible. It's incredible. John Truck, by the way, also did this. If you remember. Oh, yes. John Crook hit a single. But John Crook was a little different because he told the whole team. He said, this is what I'm, my plan is. If I get a hit, my next hit, I'm walking in the clubhouse. I'm getting in my car. I'm driving back to West Virginia. And John Crook did the exact same thing. <laughs> he took his ball and went home. <laughs> yeah. I respect it if you tell your teammates. Vontae Davis is an outrageous move. Not telling your teammates. Not being like, just go out there and stand on the sideline and cheer them on. I mean, that's... That, that is a different level of bad in the Bills season. Like to have that happen in week two, to have a player quit at halftime, that's something special. Fireman Ed, the worst. I I actually like Fireman Ed, and here's here's why. Okay, so because he abandoned his team when they were yeah. bad. Yeah, and then all of a yeah. sudden they they show hits to be a good, and the and the fireman hat comes back out. Okay, so rules do not apply to celebrity fans. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but celebrity fans, in my opinion, are bigger than the franchise. Marlon is bigger than the New York Jets. Marlon fan is bigger than the Marlins. Like Detroit Don and super fan, the guys, my guys in Detroit, they're bigger than the Lions franchise. So they get to decide whatever they want to do. And once you, if you have such an inflated self-worth that you think people actually care about what team you root for to that extent where they're like, I got to go see the Jets. Well, actually, I'm going to see Fireman Ed, and maybe a Jets game will break out. <laughs> if you're at that point, I don't think there's any rational take that you can talk to and be like, hey, listen, you quit on us when we're bad. You can't come back when we're good. And good, relatively speaking, because they won one game against maybe one of the worst teams in the league. But Fireman Ed, he can do whatever he wants because you can't really reason with someone like that. So you just kind of let him be. Like, be yourself, Fireman Ed. Do whatever you want to do. All right, last thing I have for you, and I know you're a diehard Bears fan, and I'm happy that Khalil Mack is there for you guys, and he is currently uh, statistically running better than the Raiders' defense as a whole, which is hilarious. But at halftime of the game the other night, ESPN declined to show the Erlacher ring ceremony when he got his Hall of Fame ring, uh, but I did see pictures of it, and the Erlacher hair. It's 
what, yeah. what, 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 what was the thought process be- behind? He had a great bald head. He was already established as a bald head. And then he got a hair transplant that now just looks like he has a thin layer uh, of uh, saran wrap kind of resting on top there. Cotton well, candy. we actually, well, we had uh, Erlacher in studio a couple weeks ago, and PFT, my co-host, who who was on last week with you guys, he he asked uh, Erlacher if he got the hair from his butt. So <laughs> I jumped across, I was jump across the table and punched PFT for Brian Erlacher because he's a legend. I I actually think it plays simply because. The bald head is very intimidating when you're in pads, and then when you retire and you're just a regular civilian, now you're just a regular bald guy. So I think he probably wanted to blend in a little bit more, not be the bald guy. And it was crazy that ESPN didn't show that, by the way. Absolutely insane move. Like why wouldn't they do that? that, I don't know. It's because the hair was that bad. Yeah, I guess so. I you know listen, we 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 don't have Super Bowls. We have one Super Bowl to to. uh, celebrate we have to celebrate our linebackers and hall of famers as super bowl so please don't disparage brian Urlacher anymore did he did he answer pft's question uh he said no it wasn't from there so <laughs> uh, but yeah he uh it was he was a fun interview he's a fun guy we did bring up the famous time that uh jerome bettis ran him over so yes, oh, yeah. uh but Snow then tires then the Bears got uh, the Bears got revenge back at Soldier Field. What four years later? And uh, remember the remember the incident where a Bears fan I think poisoned a, a Steeler fan. That was fun. Uh, I I don't know if I do remember that specifically, but it's interesting because Jerome Bettis also with his own hair uh, um, issues, issues. Yeah, he, he drawing in the you know the Beijing uh, over yeah. and over. You know, in which uh, I don't know if that comes off with sweat or what happens. Like, y- y- can you get a Beijing and play the next day? Yeah, that's the old Carlos Boozer. I think I think if you just kind of diet uh, enough, which, by the way, full disclosure to you guys, I just started dyeing my hair last week, so I don't want to <laughs> look like I'm shaming anyone. Right. I've, I've decided oh, no. I'm dyeing my no, hair. No, a Just for I, Men can help out a guy over uh, – well, you're a young guy still. So you're you going go with, Sandy Brown? Or? I'm 33. I reached that point where I had two huge patches of gray hair above my temples, and I wanted my confidence back. I wanted to feel good about myself, and I feel like seven years younger now, so don't get in my way. <laughs> Big Cat, pardon my take podcast from Barstool Sports. Always a pleasure, man. Take care. Thanks, guys. I noticed you didn't bring up the Pirates, but we'll maybe talk about No, okay, No, you guys are in first. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. We won again yeah. last night, but you know we're only 12 and a half games out. You know, a lot can happen between now and 11 days from now. Joe Madden's buyers. still an a-hole. <laughs> yeah, buyers at the, at the trade deadline. We we don't we don't forget that was a smart move by the Pirates. Hey, there's hey we still have there's always next year, right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's we, true. Yeah, so we're in in that regard smart. We're playing for the future. <laughs> yeah. Good luck Monday night. The Steelers need the Steelers need to get back on track. It's going over, Big Cap. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. Pick. Yeah. Going over. All right, man. Thanks. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with an update for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by Citizens Bank. Mike Tomlin uh, was channeling his inner Jed Clampett yesterday. Someday got to have a long talk with that boy. <laughs> and yesterday was supposed to be the day that Mike Tomlin talked with Antonio Brown after Antonio Brown declined to show up for work on Monday. Uh, stay tuned. See which way this soap opera turns as the Steelers get ready for Monday night in Tampa against a Buccaneers team that I perceive to be a lot like the Kansas City team the Steelers just played, and a lot like the Steelers, in theory, if the Steelers are unable to fix their defense. We talked last hour a lot about how explosive that Tampa Bay offense is. You've got the 
the playmaking tight end Howard. You've got Deshaun Jackson, who's as good a big play guy yeah, as there is. You have <laughs> six foot five Mike Evans uh, snatching it out of the air to move the chains, and you've got a veteran quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick who is seemingly reborn. He's getting it out quick. They are decisive when they want to go for it. They go for it when they want to just matriculate the ball down the field. The Buccaneers do that. Uh, this is a profound challenge uh, playing this offense in Florida in September. Defensively, not so much. The starting cornerbacks for Tampa Bay this year were supposed to be Vernon Hargraves and Brent Grimes. Hargraves is on IR with a shoulder. Grimes hasn't played since preseason week one because of a groin injury. Uh, one of the fill-in starters is Carlton Davis. He's a second-round pick this year. Uh, the other one is Ryan Smith, a third-year pro who is considered in league circles to be a backup-caliber player. The nickelback is a rookie second-round pick this year, M.J. Stewart. Uh, there were some injury problems. Uh, the Buccaneers had to play P.J. Williams. Significant snaps in that Eagles game because Davis was going in and out. Uh, P.J. Williams was just signed by Tampa last week. So he's not up to speed yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their safeties, Chris Conti, was in and out with injuries. Uh, he was replaced by rookie Jordan Whitehead from Aliquippa and from Pitt. Uh, Whitehead was a fourth-round pick this year. They've got challenges on the back end. And you couple that with uh, Tampa having finished last in the NFL with 22 sacks last year and last in pass defense, 32 out of 32, there are plays to be made. There are going to be some matchups. Antonio Brown, assuming he plays, and Juju Smith-Schuster against this collection of DBs at this time. Maybe these kids will all develop and be great someday, but it ain't going to be Monday night. Um, you need points in this game. You need points in this so game. So no uh, three and out, three first possessions. It's going to be much of the same as we saw last week. you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has just been named your uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. For the second straight week. Yeah. He is, by the way, the first quarterback in NFL history to throw at least four touchdown passes and for at least 400 yards in consecutive games to start a season. Wow. They can't even be thinking about Jameis Winston at this point. Oh, you got to stay with them. Especially with the receivers rallying around Fitzpatrick. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know Fitzpatrick's bounced around. This is his seventh team. He's had bouts with interceptions. Even more reason to just play the hot hand while you yeah, got but he just looks like a guy who's finally in the right place at the right time. And again, the ball is coming out quick, and they're decisive. The, they first play of the game against Philadelphia, they ended up going 75 yards to Deshaun Jackson. They ran that out of a tight end, fullback, running back formation. Looked like they were just going to run like most everybody does on first down and take what they get. And they had everybody in. It was a two-man route. 13, Evans was underneath, and Jackson was gone, and Ryan Fitzpatrick caught the ball and let it go. Safety made a bad guess on whether it was going to be a slant over the middle or a deep ball, and toast. Uh, Something tells me that play is going to be open on Monday night. The sacks are going to be hard to get against this guy because the ball's coming out, but I think if you can induce him to throw underneath, you have a better chance. Make them have 10, 12, 14 play drives and see if they screw something up. Fitzpatrick has thrown one interception thus far. That was against the Eagles. That was a pass over the middle that Howard hit him right in the hands, and he kind of bobbled it up, and the Eagles just got the carom. But it wasn't a bad throw. It was it was hitting an open receiver, and Fitzpatrick just ended up with the INT. It's going to be another barn burner. I would not expect the defense to solve its uh, popcorn problems Monday night. 
Mark Madden, no. when we return, DVE. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Full house right now with uh, our friend Mark Madden joining us. And Double M, I take it you are not a fan of Antonio Brown. Well, I'm not a fan of the way he's disrupted the team and pretty much acted like the biggest asshat in the world since 2014 when he first achieved prominence. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen today now that I guess he has arrived back at Steeler headquarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he'll get the proverbial tongue lashing, perhaps a slap on the wrist, but I don't expect any significant punishment whatsoever for, for skipping work on Monday. What should Tomlin do? I think he should bench him for the Monday night game. You you think he should basically suspend him for a game? Uh, I don't know if you could do that under the terms of the collective bargaining agreement. But that's a, you know, but a tacit I would, suspension. I would deactivate him, bench him, whatever terminology can be used under those terms. Do the Santonio thing and just send him away. Yeah, and something still, like that. Yeah. Still gets paid, but he doesn't play. I mean, play. what do you think? Well, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know if they can suspend him. Um, but I'll tell you what, they need a win bad. And the way to get that win against this opponent is to score a lot of points because they're going to score points on you. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think some things mean more than winning. I think they need to get control of their team back. I think right now, if he comes out and plays Monday night, starts the game like nothing ever happened, it's like he runs the team. Not Rooney, not Tom, when Antonio Brown. You think he can it, come and go as he pleases at that point. You think Antonio Brown is their biggest problem? No, the defense is their biggest problem. So why uh, should they bench the defense? I, I don't think yes. they can. You know, they use the second string, perhaps. Use yeah. dirty red. They make you play eleven. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Were they using eleven <laughs> against Kansas City? It was they should really let them tough use to tell. Thirteen or fourteen. The way Mahomes was zinging the ball around. Uh, no, the, the defense is the biggest problem, but that doesn't mean you don't solve the other problems. And the defense is just you know they never replaced Shazier. For some inexplicable reason, they just kept drafting quarterbacks instead of I don't taking defensive that players. One. You know, when Ben complained about them drafting uh, Mason Rudolph, I kind of thought he was right, but I kind of thought he made too big a deal out of it. Now I see he was absolutely right and should have made a big deal out of it before uh, the draft. Well, because the perception is that Ben was bitching about them uh, drafting his replacement and he wasn't ready to go, so everyone uh, was saying, well, Ben, maybe you know shouldn't talk about your retirement and then they won't be preparing for the future from a quarterback standpoint. But I do think a lot of what he was saying there was, I think there was a little bit of him that thought that, but I think the majority of what his concern was with that draft choice was, we have to win right now. Now, we have a limited window. Get us some defensive help. And and they've done it two years in a row. I mean, true, when they drafted Josh Dobbs, they didn't know Shazier was going to get hurt. But I I don't see the wisdom in either pick looking back. They would just be fine right now with Ben Roethlisberger as the number one quarterback and Landry Jones as the backup. But, uh, but, uh, you know, I have a big complaint with Antonio Brown. I have a big complaint with Le'Veon Bell. They're the toxic twins. Uh, the clubhouse has been poisoned. I'm never in the clubhouse, and feel free to you know cast doubt on my opinion because I'm not there. But uh, that see, seems like a pretty uh, uh, salient point to make, though. Uh, you're never there. How do you know? Uh, I-, I can smell garbage if it stinks bad enough, and this stinks bad enough. Like a raccoon? Not a bad comparison. Yes, uh, but uh, but I-, I just I think they need to sit Brown for a game. I- I've heard some people say sit him for half. That would be the most toothless, useless thing I could think very, of. Very SEC penalty. Yeah, because then he yeah. comes onto this field in the second half like a conquering hero. Right. If anything, it has the opposite effect of what you should have been shooting for. But I do think they need to sit him for a game, and hopefully then they could move on from that. Uh, Is I thought- Le'Veon Bell getting fat? Looks like he's getting fat. 
See the pictures? We're talking about something I'm certainly not qualified to judge. Well, I'm not suggesting that that's why you would know. I'm just saying, compared to earlier pictures, like last year during Let's the sold-out... ask the fat guy if he's fat. He'd know. He's I, fat. I just asked you and Big Cat back-to-back if, if he was fat. Is Big Cat fat? Uh, no, Big Cat's not fat. He's a... He's, a, he's husky. He's husky. <laughs> he's husky. Oh, how many times my mother said that to relatives. <laughs> um, I, I just think it's hilarious he's out there on a jet ski. When he's trying to avoid the scourge of 400 touches, you know, to preserve his body, but he's engaging in potentially dangerous water sports. And, and I got a lot of tweets saying, uh, jet skiing is not dangerous at all. Right. That's why they make you sign a release before you do it, because yeah, nobody's ever got hurt doing it. And it's a bad look. I can't wait regardless till next week of, he's skydiving. <laughs> regardless of how dangerous it is, uh, if he packs his own chute, uh, James Conner might be number one. But uh, but I uh, one group that I don't think has come under enough criticism in, in all this uh, drama is the veteran so-called leaders in the clubhouse, whoever those are supposed to be at this point. Because, you know, not only has Tomlin enabled this, but they've enabled it too. Mm-hmm. This has gotten way out of hand. And the time has come, or has long since passed, for someone to get about six inches away from Antonio Brown's face and say, why is the F up? And if he walks, he walks because he's not doing the team much good right now. He's their third best receiver right now. And I really do wonder if, if Juju outstripping him the first two games kind of got up his crack a little bit. Oh, I don't think there's any question. No question. No question. And Jesse James, too. Wait a minute. The white guy has more yards. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. You see, this is the fault of veteran leadership and Mike Tomlin. Yes. And do you not? Do you, so you now agree Mike Tomlin is not a good coach? No, uh, he, with the uh, the Tomlin haters, you're you're, you're well. First officially off, I camp. think his regular season record is 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 overstated. I I think when we reminisce about the great Steeler teams, we don't talk about the great regular season records. Maybe in some towns they can use that as a benchmark. Here in Pittsburgh, we're not a regular season town. Um, I I still I think he used to be a much better coach than he is. I think you know witness when he sat San Antonio Holmes a week for I think it was a pot bust. Is that right, Triv? He got. Against uh, the over Giants. Over by the arena. Yeah, over by the arena. Sid, Sidney Crosby thought he was trying to buy tickets. That's actually what Sid said. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I just I think he needs to get some teeth back. And I just think I, – I, I, I cringe when Tomlin refuses to talk about stuff like the social media controversy. I mean, how can you not address it? I can see why he wouldn't want to, but he acts like it's absolutely beneath him. And, and I think well, that's, he acts like it's not impactful. Like the, it, it, there are no there are no consequences from it. But I mean, he is a guy who is levying threats against the media through social media. Right. Well, I mean, it, it just it's something he needs to address, if not publicly, then privately, which he clearly has not. I, is there a Tom Amansky video for social media? Because that would help the Steelers. Yeah, that would be good. Learn all the tricks of the trade of how to post and refurbish <laughs> your brand. <laughs> I I don't know that. Uh, Mike Tomlin is not doing it privately. I think what my hope from his answers has been, both last week and this week, is that he is trying to avoid saying, I'm going to bitch slap him, and then does it. That he takes him in a room and is like, are you nuts? What are you tweeting this stuff? Because when he says it to the media, he I think he has decided that if he lends any weight to what Antonio Brown is doing on social media right now or what Le'Veon Bell is doing by liking all these anti-Steeler posts on Instagram. If he lends any weight to those things, then every social media instance, big or small, becomes something that he needs to comment on. And I think he's trying to protect himself from having to all of a sudden become some sort of like social media arbiter for the Steelers. What about the notion of the Steelers uh, throwing their players off social media 
or instituting a strong policy of control over it. Freedom of speech? This isn't Rosa Parks at the back of the bus. This is just telling your employees what they can and can't do. You're, you're not violating civil rights. You're, you're I, telling, you're, I saying, know. you're saying to your employees, look, you've embarrassed us too many times. Now you can't do it. Do the Patriots tweet? I have no idea. Any Patriots tweet? I, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. The, but, fa- but, the uh, fact that we don't know indicates that if they do, they do it wisely. But the Patriots are the other end of this. Uh, when you talk about should should you discipline your guy, do you do you hurt the group to discipline the individual? Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing with the Super Bowl last year still baffles me. Uh, Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler, and they gave up 7,000 passing yards and lost to Philadelphia. Winning that game was all that mattered. That was the re, Super Bowl. Re, 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 refresh my memory. Why'd they bench Malcolm Butler? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. They, it's assumed to have been he a didn't show disciplinary up to practice or something. Measure, yeah. They didn't show up for practice. Bench him. If, if if you stick by your principles consistently, even if you lose the occasional big game, and it, with the Patriots they win more than they lose. I don't have a problem. I, I, I'd rather I'd rather this team does that than than do it the way they do. Um. Uh, what do you think the fans would rather have, another Super Bowl or the integrity of Coach Belichick, who kept a murderer on the roster? Another Super Bowl, but but that doesn't mean it's well. See, that's an extreme comparison. I mean, did he did Bill Belichick know Aaron Hernandez murdered somebody? All he knew that he was a bad seed. That's all. No, I'm talking about Malcolm Butler. Do you Malcolm think Butler killed somebody? Would you rather have played that game with Malcolm Butler and won and just sucked it up? If you're Bill, fans, Bel- fans don't run the team. Well, if they did, they'd all be agreeing with what you're saying right now, and that's what would happen. It seems like the vast majority want pe- of people want AB to be uh, disciplined to the extent of missing Monday night. But right, and, again, then they would, and then they would bitch when they get lit up. And again, the Steelers look at this as he, there is only one infraction. It's not the sideline blow-up with Randy Feekner. He's done that in the past with Todd Haley and a Gatorade cooler. It's not the social media stuff. They've said that's insignificant. He missed Monday, and that's their the issue that needs to be dealt with in their eyes. If that's the way they look at it, it's not the way I look at it. I think the guy's been a nonstop distraction and pain in the ass and bad teammate for, for months, years at this point. Except when he's stretching the ball over the goal line against Baltimore and winning him a division. Yeah, great, great job. That doesn't mean you get to act like an asshat every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, that's so far. <laughs> well, then that's fine. If that if that if that's what people want, that's what they want. I, I, if I were well, Steeler no, fan, those guys are willing to take a lot. What you think is a distraction, or what a fan thinks is a distraction, may well be something that Dave DeCastro is willing to overlook if it helps him win and get to the postseason and chase his dream of winning the big one. Yep, they're all one and one right now. Yes, they are. Ain't nobody chasing the dream. They're chasing uh, respectability. They're chasing a chance to even get back in it. And it's not that long of a season. And if they lose Monday night, it gets awful short. Maybe that's an argument for playing AB. I don't know. If I were a Steeler fan, and I am pointedly not. If I were a Steeler fan, I'd be embarrassed right now. What if they and not compromise? by the losing? What if they every meet teams in the lose all the time? Some teams literally lose all the time. Mm-hmm. This is embarrassing. We tie those teams. <laughs> they should be two and zero. Oh. I think it's embarrassing for them. I think they should be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for them. I don't usually get embarrassed about what somebody else does. I See, do. I, I all the, the, time. Te- the teams I do support, I get really invested in. And if I were invested in the Steelers, I'd be embarrassed. Have you ever been embarrassed by the Penguins? Not that I can remember. What about I mean, when they lost to Philly in the playoffs and took 58 penalties and got beat up on the way to doing it? Eh, sometimes you play bad. Sometimes you lose your head on the field. This ain't on the field. It's what on if, the sidelines. It's 
It's it's well, it's not showing up for work. It, it's just it's it's being on a jet ski. It's and losing any sympathy that I used to have for Le'Veon Bell in, in this whole drama. It's just it's one thing after the other all the time. I did a blog uh, earlier this week, which my fans can catch at wxdx.com. New media about Perfect. the about the timeline of Antonio Brown and just the constant nonstop tomfoolery he's indulged for going back. I don't know how long. It's just it's always something. I mean, are we agreed the guy's a total asset? Oh, no question. I, I mean, <laughs> no question. But I think the effect that that has on you or a fan, and the effect that it has on his teammates, I think, are two different things. To Randy's point. What matters here in the eyes of the Steelers is he didn't show up for work. Fair enough. I mean, the tweeting well, they, and the other stuff, they could care less. They really could. They, well, they, right or wrong, that, I don't think that impacts whether they win they can or feel, lose. They can feel how they want about whatever they want. Uh, I If they don't see the cumulative effect. And I think they do because, to your point about the leadership, really for the first time, at least in my memory, on the record we heard yesterday, Cam Hayward, saying he was going to talk to him. Ben Roethlisberger saying he was going to talk to Brown. Ramon Foster saying Marquise Pounce he was going to talk to Brown. And Mike Tomlin saying he was going to talk to Brown. Now, I have not heard it get that drastic yet with Antonio. Maybe I'm forgetting something. But, uh, it looks like he's got his day pretty well, well, well booked up. If, if they actually talk to him, Trim, yeah. and then what they say when they do. So is it is it plausible that, that all that takes place and Tomlin goes to the leadership and says, what do you want me to do with this guy? And they say, play him. We got it covered. It's not going to happen again. That's fine if they have it covered. I don't believe for one second they will, no matter what they say, no matter what he says, because the first chance he gets, he will act like an asshat again. I think As, that is very likely the scenario, but it's also likely that he gets for 220 yards and three scores Monday night. As I, and that would make him an asshat. Because, no, like, like I keep might saying... Might make them 1-1-1. One, one, one. I think they could live with being like, 500 like, 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 I keep, like I keep saying, when someone tells you what they are, believe them. And uh, I don't think enough people believe that with this guy. And he never had the guts to hit anybody. So as far as him threatening people, that's just that's just blah blah blah. Well, I think that's what his conversations go like with uh, the team leaders when they do talk with him. Ben, Cam, take him aside. And they go, A B, look, and he goes, first of all, look, yeah, I get it. No, I just want to win, man. I want to win. They're like, yeah, all right, man, we're all good. No, I'm sorry. No, look, man, that's emotions. Good I'm good though. And they're like, good talk. And then that's it. Right, and then nothing happens. Nothing changes. That's what I think happens. Oh, believe me, if 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 there was a line in Vegas, Triv, I know you'd bet on this. Antonio Brown will act like an asshat again the next chance he gets. The very next Boy, chance he gets. Those are going to be some prohibitive odds, don't you think? I do think that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, what an upset it would be. We got to go. Be like the Jets over the Colts. We're way way late. Radiothon <laughs> tomorrow. We'll be broadcasting live from Children's Hospital all day Thursday, all day Friday. Once again, give to Children's Thanks to Mark Madden, Big Cat, and uh, Merrill Hodge for joining us today that's it we're all done what will become of the ab lev saga today as the steelers world turns like sands through the hourglass uh, it's fun though right no it's what's best <laughs> for business i'm finished you stay classy pittsburgh don't touch your face i got him done pittsburgh all day baby for now you guys call me ronald would you not eat my pants ronald ah! mm-hmm.